You have found the Open Eclectic Podcast, where Nate and Josh talk about everything from mobile games to books to pet peeves to cars to toys. Our interests run eclectic and we're open to more. Welcome to the Open Eclectic. Hey everyone, it's Josh with the Open Eclectic. Just wanted to give you a couple of notes about this episode. Nate and I originally recorded it quite a while ago when we had the idea for the original podcast, which was Week in Pop. Since then, we had a global pandemic and we realized that there were some things that we wanted to refine a little bit before moving forward with producing more episodes. However, we kind of like the content on this one, so we decided to share it as our first episode. So we do periodically reference Week in Pop. Pretend that doesn't exist. It's the Open Eclectic now. Enjoy. So, we're going to start this thing talking for a while. It's been a while. Yeah. How long have we been talking about this? Um, Probably at least a week. It's been longer than that. It's been like, I don't know, six months or something. I'm like the rain man when it comes to time sometimes, but not in the good way where like I can recall the specific date, but like in the bad way that he's that he's with money and he's like, how much would a brand new car cost, Ray? <laughs> a dollar. A dollar. <laughs> well, how about a candy bar? hundred dollars. I'm going to go ahead and say that your recollection of the time is not correct. I'm going to go ahead and agree with you. I, I've been kicking this idea around for a while that I'd wanted to do a podcast. Um. You know, before we go any further, maybe we should introduce ourselves. Sure. That'd be good. One of us is Josh and one of us is Nate. That's right. Who do you want to be tonight? Uh, I think I'd like to be Josh tonight. That was weird. I was going to say the same thing. Nate might be kind of offended that nobody wanted to be him. That's true. I, but... guess, I'll be, I guess I'll be Nate. I'll be Nate tonight. So, there's a Nate and there's a Josh. I'm Both Josh. good friends. Long He's time. Josh. I'm Nate. Known each other for a long time good friend josh you had said that there are that oh uh dogs dogs are toddlers dogs are toddlers which is why they're dumb which <laughs> is why they're dumb and they enjoy repetitive things yeah and uh, that's why they like they don't understand when you don't want to play but they want to play they can't understand why you don't want to play and mm-hmm. a cat is a teenager that's why it's so freaking moody yeah i'd have to agree with you because like the teen yeah the the, the cat they're like like teenagers will usually don't want to hang out with you. But sometimes no. they do. But only when but, they want to. Yes, exactly. Only when they want to. And when they're done, they are done. Then they claw you, much like they teenagers. They will claw. So the, they might even like a little bit of a belly scratch. But if, if they're done, then you're going to lose your hand. Anyway, so we decided, are there any, we, our question was, are there any adult animals? You said. Whales. Whales. Whales and dolphins are the only adult animals. So I would agree with you on the whales. I think they're like really like mature and majestic and just like they seem wise. Well, they're everything you want from an adult, really. Like they're very focused on their family and traveling around and kind of showing their offspring new things Mm -hmm. and just like hanging out, but like responsibly. Yep. You know, they like to have fun, but they like to be responsible, too. And, like, you know, I get—I mean, they can be noisy, but I think for the most part, I, you know, whales seem, you know, when they sidle up next to your boat, you know, when you're out in the ocean, which, you know, I do that all the time. I don't know if you do go to the ocean. Yeah. Yeah? You know, the, you never hear the whales coming. N- nope. Not in my boat. Sometimes they sing, though. So, anyway, so... um. So whales, I would agree. Dolphins, though, I think they're kind of like, 
They're not people, but like other animals, or like they'll. What's that animal that they'll? Uh, it's like a puffer fish or something that they'll just like they'll harass it and it like yeah to get like high. puffs up it like right? makes them high or gives yeah it's like, it's like Viagra or something or yeah so they're just like just like regular people huh. puffer fish well like you know <laughs> some people do things just for the sheer heck of it and because it feels good you're right. Yep. And some people I know are also walking sphincters. But dolphins are also hyper playful. Which makes them fun. Yeah. And uh, super smart. Yeah, they're super smart. They're also super defensive. So like when um, whales give birth, they're super vulnerable. And dolphins, especially bottlenose, will actually help protect them from sharks. Really? Seriously, like like sharks will come up to like attack and the bottlenose dolphins, I think it's the bottlenose specifically, they'll come up and like joust the shark away and like ram into them to keep them from eating the whales and the in wow. the offspring. That's, sure that's a real like animals being bro move, being bro. I don't know, do, do you frequent Reddit? Or do you go to Reddit? I've heard of this. Now I I do occasionally. I'm actually so it's it's a little weird. Like it's one of those things that you would think I would live on. But I've only been using Reddit for like the last, in all seriousness, year. Okay, I I waste way too much time on it. Uh, it's it's probably a, a stereotypical thing, and also a product of sitting in front of a computer all day. Uh, at my job, have you know, live on the internet, research. Uh, you know, what's a good place to get? information though like i found i had questions about um i had an issue with the post office recently and so like that's where i went to try and find a solution to the problem i was having reddit is a reddit can be a really great resource because it's a huge community and they have a real like very specific subreddits for each for pretty much any interest that you would have um uh, you know there's being an it guy or help desk guy uh, well, my company called Service Desk. Uh, we it, it's a great resource for tech issues because you know there's Windows subreddits, there's there's IT support subreddits, there's so oftentimes I've found like doing a Google search for an issue, oftentimes a Reddit result will be one of the top like five. So Reddit's Reddit's pretty great. So anyway, my whole point with that was that there was an animals being broke. <laughs> and that whole whale thing. I'll have to check that total out. Total bro move. You read that in a Steve Arrington book. He was a he was a navy diver and then he worked with the Jacques Cousteau Society and he wrote a couple of books about okay. his about his adventures with Jacques Cousteau and the Jacques Cousteau Society. And that was one of the things that I remember reading that stuck out to me. That's a real interesting fact. Because I was like, yeah, like people, we should do that too, don't you think? I mean, defend our defend, defend our, our young uh, from being eaten. Our pregnant, our young, and our our pregnant, you know, <laughs> wives and yeah, well, you know, whatever from sharks, from sharks specifically from sharks. If you're giving water birth, I guess you that may be. A, well, that's why my wife and I did not do a water birth. Stay away from the bathtub; they might be sharks. Uh, we, you know, we could just ramble on about stuff for a long time, which I have a big tendency to do. What? I'm quite certain you will never hear me ramble on about anything ever. 
My suggestion for an adult animal, I said tree beard. Now, I don't know if they're, are, they, are they animals? Are they, they're, they're beings. Very adult. They're like, they're like the OK Boomer like <laughs> thing of Lord of the Rings. I because they're <laughs> the boomers of Lord of the Rings. Because <laughs> they're just like they're just I always so enjoyed walking south. <laughs> Makes me feel like I was going downhill somehow. You know, they're they're really like they're real suspicious at the beginning. They don't like change. They don't like change. They're convinced that their generation and activities are the best. Is the best. And the yes, I, I think we've really stumbled onto something. Now, tying back into Reddit, there's Lord of the Rings subreddits and Tolkien subreddits. We should totally oh, don't get me started. present this. So I haven't even nerd. looked for like nerd stuff slash geek stuff on it's on Reddit. Full of it. And I'm like, I'm actually a little bit scared to because I'm pretty sure that's a rabbit hole I could fall into. Like when I discovered the Munchkin forums, for mm. example, which are like if you have a question about like how cards work together, you can ask it in their in their forums and the employees will give you like an official answer and be like, this is our official answer and it's tournament valid. What? Yeah. So it's like serious. And I read not to brag or anything, but I've probably read every word on that forum. Yeah, I've read every single word on the forum. <laughs> Which um, maybe isn't really a brag. There's probably a Munchkin subreddit. In fact, I, I would be. guarantee Munchkin subreddit. I haven't looked, but anything you can think of, there's probably a subreddit for it. And if there isn't, by some small chance, then you should probably just start it yourself. Because True. there's probably other people looking for it. Well, that'd be a service, I think. At that point, that'd be that'd be a service that I that I would provide if there was a topic I, yep. I had something about. I think so. Actually, I did do a little nerd digging on there or okay. geek digging, if uh, that's your preference. Geek um, digging. Yeah. Okay. So, like, uh, I've never played like Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. I, I, I haven't done it. It's on my list of things that I want to do. Um, but as I started researching D and D, I found something called GURPS, uh, which the hell is a GURPS. G-U-R-P-S, okay. Generic Universal Role-Playing System. Oh. Um, okay, okay. And it's meant so that it's hyper-flexible um, and you can make any kind of... So they say, you can make any sort of storytelling function within this system. Okay. Like, um, if you want to do a, a GURP based in the John Wick universe, you can do that. If you want to do a prehistoric steampunk dinosaur romantic fantasy game you could do that i'd like, play that i mean i would too but <laughs> so i've never played those games i've okay. wanted to for a while but then as i started looking at the systems i realized this is like a very maybe a uh, dangerous ground to start like judging a system before i've played it but there's tons of information on youtube at least about uh D. &D. i kind of decided i don't like the mechanics of the game of dnd yeah but you um, haven't played it yet i know so I started like writing my own mechanics for how I think an RPG should should work. Okay. Um, so that is the one thing that I found on Reddit and that I started researching a little bit because I wanted to look for multiple dice systems okay. for how it works. Dice? Yeah. So okay. like D&D uses a D20, but the downside to that means that you they use have... All, they use all kinds of dice. They do, but like the, the core system... Like your main roles are going to be... 
yeah like that's what i mean initiative rolls attack yeah i i uh loyal listeners um i just started playing D a few months ago so you might hear me throw out some of the lingo just so i trying to sound like i know what i'm talking about um by the way, I, there is a Munchkin subreddit. I just pulled it up here. There are 7.1 thousand members, 20 people online. The last post was 13 hours ago. Ooh. It's called Munchkin Quacked Quest. Who has played it? Ooh, I actually have not played that one. So you haven't played that yet? No. I okay. love... Munchkin's actually what got me into wanting to do the role-playing game. Because... I mean, because that's... Yeah, Munchkin's like... It's like role-playing light. Okay. You are your character, you get gear, you kill monsters to go up levels, you explore it's dungeons. Like, it's like, yeah, it's like light, or it's like all in one package. It's just like... Yeah, it's, it's like, like if... It's in a box. You can, like, a single contained, like, campaign that you can just run with, you know, what yeah. is it, like, and you can, three people as a minimum? You, I mean, it's doable with two. It's definitely more fun with three to six. Although I did play one game where I was teaching, like six people had to play and there were 15 of us playing all at once. Wow. I do not recommend that. Sounds like it would take forever. It did. Cause you'd have like these debates on. Well, if for that legal, game... is this not? And then you got to go through people have to decide how to do things. It's like that would almost take as long as like a marathon D and D session. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the cool things about Munchkin is that the games like you're saying it's like it's light or it's like it's like D D light and you can it's like self-contained you can play through you know a quote-unquote campaign you know in like an hour or two hours or whatever whereas yeah. D, you play two hours and you've bit you've barely made it out of the town that you started the day so that's yeah. you know D D is like long haul you're in it for a long time i i just started in it i'm still not quite sure exactly how i feel about it but I'm at the point now where I'd feel bad if I said I didn't want to play because my <laughs> friends at work are the guys I'm playing with there. So, um, yeah. How about why don't we? I don't know. We've really. I'm really liking this discussion that we're having right now. Uh, we did have a little bit of material that we wanted to do for our intro episode here. You know, we haven't even told people what the title of this is. No. My so my thought, what I wanted it, and we. That would be a cool title is called the Week in Pop. I think there's like some Australian magazine or something that might be called Week in Pop, but they probably don't care if we podcast called that. Just to be clear, it's like the week, like a work week in pop, not like we're really weak yeah, in soda. Like, yeah. No. You know, we would probably want to say we're strong in pop. Yeah. Like pop is one of our it's one of our strengths, like our abilities. If this is D and D, you know, strong in soda. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe like crit twenties all the nat 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 twenties all the nat way. Nat twenty in dip Mountain Dew. Critical. Sorry, I watched a I watched a Geek and Sundry, which is a great place to learn all kinds of stuff about D and D. And they had one where Vin Diesel was on, who's like a huge D and D player and has played like his whole life. Really? I think he, I'd heard that. There's he rolls two nat twenties like consecutively, or within like I don't know, like like a, wow. like a turn or two. It's the most ridiculous. It was the most ridiculous thing. <laughs> is that um, who's that guy who was in Magic Mike? He was Channing Tatum. No, see, one of the other guys. His name's like Joe. 
you know, I have I have the internet right here. Oh, uh, yeah, no, Joel Montagna. It's Joel Manganiel. Manganiello. Yeah, is that not what I said? Yeah, that this base. <laughs> it's probably who I meant. Yeah, that's what you meant. Um, the no, the guy, the name I was trying to pronounce is the guy who was. Uh, he's presently in Criminal Minds. He's an actor. He's in Godfather Three. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other Joe. There's an episode of uh, of that D and D celebrity thing where they have uh, Terry Crews come on and play. I haven't watched that one yet. You know, he's like a budding geek. Apparently, he just got into PC gaming, like oh, yeah. building his own PC and stuff, which is really cool because Terry Crews is like the bomb, dude, the bomb. You know, and I haven't, I haven't watched what's the show with that he's in, right? Brooklyn Nine Nine. I have not watched that. Dude, okay, so I had a friend who was, she was like, you have to watch this. And I was like, ah, I saw the first episode, I don't know, like, no, no, seriously, give it, give it one more chance. And I'm notoriously harsh on TV shows, like, I had a bad experience where somebody, I had a group of friends who recommended a show, and then I watched it for a whole season, and it was just garbage. What show was that? Arrow. That's a CW show, so that's where you went wrong, it was on CW. I, I know, I just, I love Green Arrow, and I love... (laughs) <laughs> it i can't even talk about it it had so much possibility and those of you who recommended that show to me and you know who you are because we've talked about this i'm still a little hurt by it anyway so i'm really careful about that i'm like really harsh on tv shows now and they're like seriously watch the second episode if you don't like it after that i'll never talk to you about it again and now i'm like i think i'm into season two now okay so it's it's worth watching it's pretty funny Okay, I've heard I've heard it's good. Um, Maybe the podcast should be called Crazy Train because we're going off the rails. We are off the rails. Uh, Another show for anybody who doesn't know that guy who did that song with Post Malone. You may have heard of him, Ozzy Osbourne. Anyway, that's his song. Is Crazy Train? Yeah, who's this Ozzy Osbourne guy? <laughs> he's gonna, he's he's, he's pretty be, good. He's gonna be so famous now. Or uh, what was the other one? Like, man, who's this? Who's that guy? Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. Oh, God, is he's. Is he on like American Idol or something? Yeah. <laughs> Kids. Right. Um, so The League's another show that's been recommended to me by multiple people. Have you, you not watched The League? What's funny is that people who've recommended to me the, the most like passionately have been people who aren't really big sports fans. That would be me. Yes. Jo- you and then also my friend John at work uh, also says you should watch The League. It's hilarious. So you don't have... You don't have to be a sports fan. Here's the thing, though, about sports fans. It's about fantasy to, football, right? Yeah. Like, people, there was a time, children listening to us in the future, where everything is completely egalitarian. There was a time in our history where sports were considered acceptable. And if you were a D&D fan, or any sort of uh, geek culture type of guy, that was, like, looked down upon, and nerd was a bad word. But realistically, like, people who are football fans, they're just nerds of a different sort. You know, when you can tell me your team's history and like the players and how good they are and that sort of thing, that's not any different than me telling you that like I'm a good fan. I'm a big fan of uh, James Arnold Taylor, who's a voice actor on Clone Wars and a bunch of other animated stuff, and you know that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And like, so I have no idea. I yeah, and that's cool. You know, you, you don't know, have to. and that's a good point. Is that a main like? Is that a theme in? in the league in the show at all or no is it? it's not but i appreciate it because i recognize it's like the passion ga- right game recognize game mm. like yep they those guys Respect. on that show are nerds for football 
and for playing fantasy football specifically. And I like playing games. So like, I super appreciate that concept of like fantasy football and doing that. And it's not about the football. It's about their friendship and the mechanic that moves the story along is fantasy football mm. and and then okay. football of course behind that yeah so, I, I need to watch if you get a chance like just check out the first couple of episodes i did stop watching at one point uh there was a point where i got bogged down i was like couldn't keep track of all the shows i was watching so that one didn't make the cut but not because it wasn't good just because that's how it went i'll resume it again one day uh yeah that's yeah that's a really you're absolutely right about that uh and like to play fantasy sports like for real, not you know, not just watch a show about it, but like you don't have to really know anything about the sport to play fantasy sports because it's you look at the numbers and it's like I mean, just on a real basic level, it's just like who has better numbers, who's got yeah. more more of this statistic, you know, who's And sometimes you know. it's like who you want to gamble on. So I I don't follow football, as as you know, Nate. I do. I do know that, yes. Yeah. Um but well one time I did but I, I don't on a regular basis. But I have played fantasy football like twice or maybe three times. Yeah, I think you. I was in your league at least for two years. Yeah. And I think the first year I played, I won. Yep. And that was kind of cool. And then uh, I didn't win the next two years, but that was fine. Like, it was fun to like, you know. It's fun to watch the matchups and like, yeah. you know, or to do the draft is fun. However you, however you do it, like a live online, live in person, you know. A, the a drafting was really fun. I actually enjoyed the drafting a lot. Yeah, like you can, you can make it like an event, like, or it can just be like not a big thing at all. Like you can auto pick everything. I mean, however you want to do it. And yeah, yeah you don't have to be a fan of, of sports to play the fantasy sports. I mean, it helps, but that's not the main. I think the one year I did it where the one year I did it where you didn't play on my league, um, was a year where we capped like you couldn't pick people that were above a certain like ranking, so you couldn't have like the really good players. So nobody had like uh, I almost said Joe Montana. Okay, how Drew, about Tom Brady? Nobody could have like or... Drew Brees or uh, okay. Aaron Rodgers. That's, that's an interesting. This is a couple years ago. I feel like it'd be a real frustrating rule. So basically, you well, you had to pick like the mediocre players. Yeah, because then it was really it's a little more challenging. It's that more way. challenging. Yeah, and the, the just and the overall score the, was lower. The field a little bit. Yeah, it really did because it really forced the players. It didn't change anything for me. It was still just like, ma'am, you, 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 uh, you got a cool name. Uh, but like for my brother, Eli, mm-hmm. like he follows football. Right. And so he was like, ooh, okay, no, I don't want this guy because, you know, although he's ranked here in the fantasy league, he, you know, he's going to shank it when he does this and blah, blah, blah. I don't know if shank is a football term. That might be golf only. Kickers. Yeah, Kickers there you shank go. things. Yeah. Yeah. There's all kinds of shanks. Shank kick. I guess. If somebody gets stabbed in the shower, that's probably a shank, too. Yeah. I mean, hopefully probably that doesn't... wouldn't happen in a locker room, but, you know, stranger things have happened. I don't know if that affects your league playing or not, but... What? <laughs> My what? I don't know. Is, is there <laughs> a shanking in the league? <laughs> I think I think there should be a bonus if, like, one of your players gets shanked in the shower. You should be like, oh, dude, that sucks. You know what? 20 points for you. Or Well, there was a guy who got... Uh, whacked in the head with his own helmet this <laughs> last week 
the big news in the NFL, Mason Rudolph, the quarterback of the Steelers, uh, got into a tussle with Miles Garrett on the Cleveland Browns. Then proceeded to Garrett pulled Rudolph's helmet off, and then they were you know kind of pushing and shoving, and then he swung the helmet like like almost like windmill style and oh, like gee. brought it down on the nope. guy's head. It you know that it didn't terrible. It didn't like make him bleed or anything, and he seemed he was like wasn't knocked out, but it's like now it's this whole big thing, and Miles Garrett is is claiming there was a racial element. At play that the the quarterback, the white quarterback, said you know said a racial epithet uh, to Garrett when he you know before this all happened, Garrett Black he claimed that 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 happened, so maybe that was part of why he retaliated. But I, you know I don't, um, you know that's what he says. I don't. They, the league says there's no evidence of it. I don't know. But anyway, again, sounds hard to prove. Crazy train sounds hard to prove. Yeah, I don't know if there's audio of it or not, but, uh, you know. For the record, I'm not a lawyer, but I've read a lot of John Grisham books, so okay. I just feel like that would not hold up in court. I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express a few times well, and I've read <laughs> some John Grisham Um There's a, I don't know if you've seen this term, speaking of not being a lawyer, I see this pop up on Reddit. Uh, it's a abbreviation for I am not a lawyer. What is funny <laughs> is it's I anal. <laughs> So if you see that in Reddit when you start browsing it, it doesn't mean you know people are doesn't mean what uh, you doesn't, think it means. It doesn't indicate their is there a glossary of terms? Uh, is there a Reddit page for for like a glossary of terms that people use? Because that would be really handy. Like if you're Maybe. browsing a new Reddit that you're unfamiliar with and you see something weird and you're like, huh? I don't know. Uh, I bet there probably is. I, I've be. not found it. There are, you know, there's certain subreddits I think that lend themselves more to like specific terms or abbreviations. Like, yeah, one in particular which I don't subscribe to anymore is called uh, "Raised by Narcissists." <laughs> but they'll do this stuff like not unlike, um, like motherhood or parenting forums where they'll have like. That threw me off when I saw it, when I was reading stuff when I when when, it, when Eric was a newborn he would read things on these these like family mother websites and it would be like my my DS and my DH were uh, you know are the greatest but I just don't know what to do so I'm like what I'm like Nintendo I can't or think of anything designated hitter right so DS is like dear son dear son DH dear husband huh it's whatever it's their I don't know. It's it's their thing. So this raised by narcissist one has stuff about you know they'll they'll say like n mom or n dad like narcissist mom. Nar- <laughs> so there's certain subreddits of, that certainly have very specific things like that, but most of them that I have come across and like the real popular main page ones don't really seem to have a lot of that stuff. But I'm sure you could find that. Yeah, no doubt. Anyway, so. No doubt. So, speaking of this week in like uh, pop culture, should we talk about uh, Ford versus Ferrari? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, first, let me ask you this: How would you categorize that movie? Like, what kind of movie? Is yeah. It, like, or? let's pretend you had a deeply detailed rolodex of uh, movie genres and subgenres. Where does this fall for you? This one would almost be like uh, it, it almost is like one of those like kind of feel good like based on a true story. 
kind of like a Remember the Titans almost <laughs> kind of thing. Not yeah, I you know like it's not a Disney movie. It's not like a, it doesn't have that little Disney charm or flair. I mean, and it's yeah. I don't know if I'd say it's like really like feel good necessarily, but I mean it's like 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 would you would you it's say... not like a corny movie you know, and it's not like it's not like a guilty pleasure type of movie. It's true. It was a good film. Yeah. I I mean it's it's about it's about uh, auto racing, car racing. Does it count as a uh as a biopic or if you're one of those people a biopic? What's the right way to say that? I have no idea. Biopic? I say biopic because it's biography, it's biographical picture. It's yeah, I was I... I was when I, you know, hear it in my head, you know, I'm like biopic. You know who, you know who always made me feel like I wasn't very smart? Daniel, our friend Daniel. <laughs> He's a smart guy. He's a very smart guy. Very smart guy. Very smart uh, guy. And he loyal listeners yeah. may or may not know him, probably don't. But Daniel's a cool guy. Very smart. But so Ford versus Ferrari is about Carol Shelby and Ken Miles and Ford. Henry Ford the surprise second. Ferrari. What? Yeah. Yeah. Henry Ford. Henry the Deuce. Yeah. Um. So it's about Ford's journey mission whatever to be to beat ferrari in le mans and they wanted to beat ferrari in le mans because ferrari was notorious for winning number one yep but also uh because they wanted their cars to not seem boring to a generation of young people who actually had money to spend on cars and they wanted their cars to be you know appealing and attractive to those right. young people and they thought sexy fun yeah not just like family haulers yeah. or whatever they wanted ford to be associated with fast so yeah that was and that in the movie anyway that was like that was lee iacocca's presentation that was the whole thing yeah um and they wanted they wanted ford to be synonymous with that and with and then you know with racing yeah. success and that kind of stuff that's kind of a uh so, like, aside from the obvious uh, car connotations, which we'll get to in a moment, that was kind of, like, the, one of the coolest parts of that movie to me is when um, Ayakoka stands up, who's the marketing manager, or I think I he's their communications person. I don't know what his title was in the yeah, movie right now. Um, but uh, Ford's looking for ideas, and he has this idea that he pitches, and everybody's like, yeah, well, you've been in charge of, like, our worst slump in the company's history and you know, they're giving him grief because it's an idea that they, that they and really nobody had heard of before. Like at that time, race cars were race cars and Ford was family cars and Chevy was family cars. And yeah, they kind of had like a, did the must was the Mustang out at that time? I know it came out really close um, like to that 65 same. or 64 and a half maybe. Yeah. And, and so that was right around when, the Mustang came out, yeah. Yeah, so he had this idea to, like, diversify, basically. And that, to me, was kind of cool because nobody nobody else believed in this in this idea, really. He had to push it and sell it and work it so hard. And that's just, yep. I was like, man, even though he had, like, a comfortable spot and he could have just kind of drifted along with Ford, he was, you know, he, he was hustling. I don't think, I don't think he, his character... At least in the movie, got enough credit. Although it's really hard because really the movie is mainly about Carol Shelby and uh, Miles. Uh, and Miles. 
and Miles. I can't remember his last name right now. Ken. Ken Miles. Yeah. So that that mm-hmm. was. Anyway, that was like just a. Yeah, I feel like Iacocca was uh, painted as like the you know he was kind of shackled by his corporate uh, responsibilities or whatever, but he was like the good guy kind of in the yeah. corporate world, he whereas really was. Josh Lucas's. Is it Leo BB? BB, yeah, something BB. That guy was he was a straight up like villain in this movie, which I, you know, I was reading I was reading about the the movie afterward or uh, yeah, reading of the movie after we saw it. Uh, you and I, Josh, you and I, and your dad and our friend JD went yep. and saw the saw the movie on Tuesday. Um, yeah, of course they really they they kind of you know put that Hollywood shine on on the on the story. Yeah. And so they, you know, had to come up with, you know, with the antagonist and kind of kind of play it up. Movie um, needs a villain. Yeah. So I think they kind of they really overdid BB because it seemed like he was almost like over the top, like just just laying it on thick. He's he skeezy, movie. right? Very skeezy. Slimy, just just represents everything bad about yeah. corporate not just America, I think anywhere. He was like, you know? he was like the most like fake, just out for himself. Out, yeah. Like no, no, not no me. empathy, no remorse, no nothing. Yeah. Just, just ruthless. He wasn't even acting from, from my perspective. He wasn't even acting in like the best interest of the Ford Motor Company either. He was acting in best interest for himself to try and consolidate his own power and standing in the company. Well, and I feel like he was in the movie he was painted as like a like a real like sycophant of of Ford, like Henry Ford mm-hmm. the second. Cuz he was just he was just sucking up to the guy like especially after so spoiler um Ford attempted to buy Ferrari. This was kind of part of their initially part of their plan to get into racing was they wanted to they wanted to kind of uh, Ferrari was like on the verge of bankruptcy and yeah. they were going to swoop in and rescue them and then kind of take advantage of their racing program. But Ferrari turned them down. They wanted to be the parent company in the same way that like Disney is to Lucasfilm or ABC. Right. Yep. Or Miramax. So they could take credit for all the, all the Ferrari's <laughs> success then. Yeah. You know, subsequently. Um, but yeah, just in that meeting they were having it back at their headquarters after they all came back from, from Italy. Yeah, like BB was just like he was just totally sucking up, like telling telling Ford not not what he wanted to hear, but like yeah, almost kind of like trying to make himself seem well, good because he was like. Well, they really summed up his character when uh, whenever whenever BB Josh Lucas would would speak to the press, he was like, "Yeah, we're doing this experimental thing to win at Le Mans, and it's a team that I personally am overseeing," and mm-hmm. like that's yeah. exactly what you know he wanted. He wanted like total credit. Mm-hmm. And anyway, he was just, yeah. I wonder, so was he, so you did a little research. Was he the, in real life, was he like that kind of villainous? I, no, I don't think so. I mean, again, I think they really kind of played it up. I don't think that he was, um, he was quite as bad as they made him out to be. And I think some of the scenes and like the real conflict scenes between Shelby and him, cause they really played up that angle with, you know, or played that up that, that Shelby and BB clashed pretty much on everything. I th- in the, some of the reading I was doing, it sound you know, which is mostly like Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that 
Shelby agreed with, you know, some or, you know, even a lot of the stuff that, that BB has suggested. So, yeah, um, dramatic license, you know, with a lot of this stuff. But um, I think, you know, just like just like any movie or story that you tell, you got to like fill in the gaps. And like I said, it's easier to root for Shelby and Miles when you have BB as like the bad guy to kind of temper the characters a little bit. Is that you a know? is that a foil? Sure. Yeah. It's you a know, foil. He's to- yeah. totally fine. I think that works. It's totally a foil. You know, like splash him up against BB like yeah. you know. Well, it's like uh it's it's kind of weird to think about movies and storytelling in general, you know, in this <laughs> this actually circles back to our D&D conversation a little bit. You know, like you need a a quest or a mission and you need the villain to make the hero to test the hero to test the hero's resolve to see how far they can be pushed and you know that guy in this movie happened to be bb mm. maybe it wasn't quite like that in real life i'm sure it could have been yeah similar at least and it could have been like a perception thing at the time too like in real life maybe they were semi-collaborative but maybe they actually hated each other you know i don't know could have been. and put so their, they just put their kind diff- of, personal differences aside yeah maybe they just expounded on that a little bit some things don't work when you when you when you don't have a villain. But yeah. Some things do work when it's weird because I don't know of a movie where it works if everybody's the hero. Can't think of a movie that's really like that. But I can think of a movies where everybody's the villain. You can. Yeah, absolutely. Can. John Wick. Everybody's a bad guy in that movie. But everybody's you root a for villain. One of them. You're rooting for one of them. Absolutely. You're rooting for John Wick, but also like he's not a good guy. Is he a reformed bad guy? I don't know. Well, but now he's doing he's doing these bad things again. Yeah, revenge, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Do you want? Should we you want to say any more about about the movie? I mean, it's a good movie. I'd recommend it, especially if you like cars. Uh, I recommend it even if you don't like cars. Yeah, it was a ride. Like very visceral. Like I'd, I'd say, see it in the theater because one hundred percent the engine sounds and like the. The whine of the engine and like the sound of like shifting gears and exhaust backfire, you know, engine backfiring, and it's it's so much better in the theater. I mean, obviously, unless you have like a you know, pretty sweet surround sound system. Or but even then, there's just I think something about the theater. I think I don't I don't see a ton of movies in the theater. It's, I don't I don't either. You know, not anymore. Not I, anymore. I, but I uh, and I kind of like when I saw the ads for this movie, I was like, I might red box it, maybe. Or maybe I'll catch it on a streaming service. Um, and my dad was actually like, it's been forever since we saw a movie together in the theater. I, I think it was literally The Truman Show with Jim oh, Carrey. Man. <laughs> so it's been a, a minute. A long time ago. <laughs> um, and so we were like, like, oh, man, I really wanted to see. Oh, because I wanted to see um, Knives Out. Okay. I re- that's one that I want to see in the theater. And my, it's not out yet um, at the time of this recording or at the time we saw the saw ford versus ferrari we did see a trailer for it though we did see a trailer for it uh and but my dad was like well i, I kind of really wanted to see this and i was like all right cool let's do it um but i think if i had seen that movie in my living room i would have been very disappointed yeah i think that is 100 percent a movie that should be seen in the theater this like you were saying those engine sounds jd was freaking out about it later because j our friend jd is a car guy <laughs> he's a, he's he's a motorcycle car guy he knows things i don't know the lingos i'm sorry engines and and displacements displacements yeah he knows his history and he knows car and so is my dad and they were both just super impressed with if nothing else the feeling 
that it sucks you into is during the racing bits. Sure. Yeah, that was, I thought, like, the CGI was really, was, you know, you would expect, I guess, from a Hollywood film. But, I mean, it was, I it looked tell. real. You, you know, you couldn't, you know, you couldn't tell. You could maybe guess, like, was this CGI? Was this part not? You know, there was, obviously, the racing scenes are great. But some of the other, like, the testing scenes where they're, you know, they're, Christian Bale's tearing around the their test track and stuff. I mean, all that stuff is great. Um, Christian Bale and Matt Damon both do a really good job. Uh, Matt Damon, you know, Carol Shelby and and Christian Bale was Christian Bale was a hundred percent as he always is. Yeah, like yeah, even in movies you don't like with Christian Bale, you're still like, I mean, it was Christian Bale though. He yeah, you watch it because it's Christian Bale, right? Yeah. and yeah, and he he does a really great job. I mean, his all the all the roles in that movie. We're good. Although it's hard for me to watch John Bernthal as Iacocca because I've seen he didn't even kill anybody. No, he didn't kill anybody. So my main exposure to exposure to that actor is actually via The Punisher. Yep. And then like a little bit uh, in what was that when you pointed so, out? So he was in The Walking Dead. Okay. And he was in and he was in The Punisher. Those are the two main things that I've that I've seen him in. Also, he's in he's in the Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street, that was one I did not remember him. He's at got all. kind of a smaller role as a guy, like I don't know. But... Yeah, got to start somewhere. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, he's already established by then. Like he had done, like he had done Walking Dead, and he'd done he did that Tank movie with uh, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, Fury. Yeah, Fury Road. Which I haven't seen no Fury. Fury. I think Fury. I think Fury Road is the Mad Max one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm pretty sure John Bernthal was in the Pacific. He was, uh, that's like, that was like the Pacific version of Band of Brothers. <laughs> Did you see Band of Brothers? Uh, no, I'm sorry. Josh. I just want to apologize to all the aficionados out there screaming right now. <laughs> I have not seen Band of Brothers. So, um, I recommend that. should see that. Uh, the Pacific also, very good. That has the kid from uh, Jurassic Park, the main character. I forget his name. Like the kid from Dra- like Timmy? Really? He's not a little kid anymore. Oh, he's not. Spoiler. I'm a little disappointed. Yeah. Um, I'll check it out anyways. I want to say that Bernthal played a really famous Marine in that in uh, the Pacific. Yeah, I swear I'm. Look- I have to look it up now just to see because it's gonna kill me if I don't look it up. Yep, he was Manny Rodriguez. So yeah, yeah. I I don't know if Manny Rodriguez is a. Famous Marine. It wasn't quite the guy I was thinking of. Yeah, would recommend the Pacific as well. Hmm. Good. Any final thoughts on Ford vs. Ferrari? Ford vs. Ferrari. I think. I, I think. Uh, what's your What's your ranking for that movie, Nate? It's our scale. You can use whatever scale you want, baby. So first, so we were talking about Bernthal. It was hard for me to separate this role from his Shane in The Walking Dead or uh, or The Punisher. Frank. Yeah. Frank, Frank Castle. Frank Castle. Like, a lot of his facial, like, tics and facial expressions and the way that he, like, the way he, like, I don't know, like, moves his face around, purses his lips or something before he says something. I'm like, he does that in The Punisher. He did that in The Walking Dead. And I'm like, but I mean, that's like. So were you expecting him to just, like, pull out a gun and shoot those guys at that point? (laughs) Were you like, oh, geez, he's gonna, oh, no, no, no. No, I was like, but I'm like, uh, you know, I was almost like, come on. I was like, come on, John. Diversify. Like, diversify your, you know, don't just play, don't just play John Bernthal, you know, be, you know, get into your role a little bit. I I'll play, you know. uh, let me he, play did, he did fine. I'll it's play just... devil's advocate here for a second. So in The Walking Dead, and I haven't seen The Walking Dead, 
I know it's it's another one of those things. Watch that the first season. Surprises people. First season's a bit, good because it is kind of like up my alley a little bit. But uh, for the Punisher, I mean Frank Castle is basically a psychopath. Like no, I'm, no, I'm saying I'm not. I don't have. I love the Punisher. No, no, like I loved it. So he's he's. I mean he's to go out and kill people. You you have to have some screws loose. Mm. You know maybe psychopath's not the completely right term, but he's sociopath. Maybe sociopath. That's what I'm looking for. You know. But a lot of corporate uh, businessmen and higher-ups in companies have the same tendencies mm. and tics as serial killers. They just focus on different things. So from that perspective, like I thought it kind of reinforced it because I'm used to, again, I'm used to him being the Punisher and right. just hauling off on people in some of the most brutal ways. And then I see him there, and I'm like, oh, he actually fits in perfectly in this corporate setting. Yeah, I can see that. Maybe I'm, I might be stretching it a little too far. I mean, you can make an argument for anything, right? Just about. You know? Just about. But that's, that's where my mind went with him as Iacocca. Okay. You know, he, he was featured like more like kind of towards the beginning, but then he just kind of like fell off a little bit as they focused more on, more on Shelby and, and Miles. Yeah. Uh, and I was kind of, at the same time, I was like, I was a little disappointed. I'm like, I need more, I want more John Bernthal. Not that I don't want less, not that I want less of Christian Bale or Matt Damon. But Matt Damon. Put some more, yeah. Matt Damon. Um, <laughs> so, the scale. I would probably, if we do 10 point. Whatever scale you're comfortable with. You, you can use whatever scale you want, and I'm going to use whatever scale I want. Don't even have to line up. I'll put, uh, I put Ford versus Ferrari at a... Six or seven on a ten-point scale. Okay, it's good. I mean, I can see myself maybe wanting to watch it again, but well, we'll get to a movie later that I will that I've watched repeatedly. I don't know if I would put this up up there that same level. So I'll say it's like a six or seven. But a six or so out of ten. Mm-hmm. So that's not too bad. Okay, what about that's you? Not bad at all. Um. So I liked it. I liked it a lot, actually. I thought I liked it way more than I thought I would. I don't think you have to be a fan of racing to enjoy the movie mm-hmm. at all. Like racing is all racing was almost a foil. Like it was what drove them. Sure. And it added, uh, you know, it was the it was the action of that movie. So like if I if if I had to make a snap judgment on that and be like, is this a Josh movie or not? I would have said no. Would you? Interesting. I think I think if I well, was gonna be- before we saw it, I guess. Oh yeah, 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 for I, sure. Like racing movie, I'm like eh, but you know. So anyway, fair enough. I'd say I'd say uh, for my ranking, um, I'd say on a scale from um, Fast and the Furious to Days of Thunder, I'm gonna give it um, six points above Cars. Fast and the Furious to date. So Fast and the Furious is the worst. Yes. I can't think of a worse racing movie. I apologize to everybody who loves those movies. I'm happy that you love them. I hate them. Racing movies in general? No. Or the Fast and the, the, Fast and the Furious movies. Okay. I, I just, um, eh. So, yeah. Which is uh, a pity because I love Vin Diesel. Yeah. Vin but Diesel. I also hate Paul Walker. Rest in peace. Um, Sorry, Paulie. So Fast and Furious is the worst, and you said Days of Thunder was the best? You know, I think because I was trying to think of other racing movies that I've seen, and up until now I would have said, actually, I think, I think I'll think i give it, uh, I'm going to give it one point above Days of Thunder. 
I think so Days this is the of, best racing movie you've ever seen. Days of I can't think of a racing movie that I would rank above Days of Thunder, but I now put Ford versus Ferrari over that. Okay. Well, you initially said six points above Cars, and where was Cars at? Cars is like the middle, okay. honestly. Like it, Cars is is fine. It's also not about racing. Nope. Racing is. I mean, it's not the best parts of the movie at all. Nothing's about racing. It's all about something else. Cars is also weird because does it count? As a car racing movie, because if they were people, it'd be a foot race. You're right. Now, going back to Reddit, and you can find something for everything. Have you ever seen those pictures of what, like, if these cars are alive, what, like, a cross section of the car would look like? No, that sounds amazing. (laughs) Like, they have mouths, they eat. They, right. I mean, do they eat? I guess they eat motor oil. Right. Yeah. They go to flows for motor oil, like like you know, like we drink coffee. So do they? Do they defecate? I see. I don't know. Like I don't know. They they have they stay in a, at the cozy cone, which is like it's basically like a garage. And, and is there a bathroom in there? Yeah, you don't really see. Is there a kitchen, a bathroom, or an outhouse that I recall? Mm. But I don't and, know. Like, and like flows diner, like it's a diner. What the hell? Is it a diner? Yeah, I think so. Well, what the hell do they do there? It's like a it's like a sonic drive up is kind of how it's okay. laid out. It's all kind of outdoor seating and awnings. I think there's definitely a whole rabbit hole you can go down. Bro, that's where I live. Like thinking about yeah. this car's world. Like how far does it go? Like I think I saw on Reddit again, spent too much time on there. Credit Something to about Reddit. like what? Credit to Reddit. Yeah. Credit to Reddit. Um did World War II happen in the Cars universe? Like, yeah, there's a whole plethora of questions. Is there a car Hitler? I think my favorite was... things are the conspiracy theories about how all the Pixar movies are inter- intertwined or like. Um, I was reminded of a classic theory. We just rewatched the original Aladdin. I shouldn't say the original, but the original Disney Aladdin. The animated one. The animated one. Robin Williams. May he rest in peace. Yep. Um, rest in peace, Rob. I'm going to go on record here saying I would kill Paul Walker every day if it meant Robin Williams could be alive. Wow. You would live with that on your, on your conscience? I would take that hit for the human race. <laughs> well, now, okay, so Devil's Advocate, I've heard that Paul Walker was a pretty nice, pretty nice guy. That's fine. Bro, you He's know, pretty, pretty good dude. Terrible actor, though. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't really defend that. Yeah. Anyway, or, so I, like, I can't, you know, argue that. Have you heard the theory that Aladdin takes place in like a post-apocalyptic world and that's why the genie knew about like sebastian and uh arsenio hall and all of those <laughs> other references like no and that's why agrabah is like in this weird desert that's not quite like there's some stuff that isn't quite right for any particular time period and um okay. you know the, the, there's like a magic carpet in the cave of wonders and like it, you know mm. there's like this whole i'm sure i'm sure I've never seen it on, looked for it on Reddit, but I am 100% sure that there's a I'm whole sure thing about that on Reddit. Okay. Um, but anyway, that's... But I mean, like... Rabbit holes. The Pixar them. movies are in the same universe, aren't they? Well, I don't think that's Like, the... they have the same companies, like Dynaco, mm-hmm. like, is it Toy Story and Cars? Yeah, the like, Toyota. The, Beats yeah, Planet. The, the, yeah, the Toyota. Well, I think... So, Pixar said that, like, if people want to draw those conclusions, they can... Pixar has no official stance on it, mm. you know. But it's just kind of a fun thing that Absolutely. they would put into all the different movies, you know, like it's a nod to the other one. 
and it's great to layer those like so when like the next movie pixar movie comes out it's great to try and fit that in to like how that whole scheme of things works and so like i saw i recently watched toy story 4 finally did you finish it i did okay and what did you think about that so nate and i are old school like toy story fans as i recall yep when that came out like of course when toy story 1 came out we didn't know each other but no by the time Toy Story 2 came out, we were started working together. Yeah, I was like 11, 95 in Toy Story. Oh, man. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so I would have been 11. Um, yeah, so I really liked Toy Story when it came out. I mean, it was obviously you know groundbreaking new thing that, that Pixar came out with. As far as 4, I, uh, I, I didn't... I, want, I need to watch it again because... I was kind of off and on. I started watching it with, with my son, Eric. Um, and, you know, I missed parts of it or I wasn't paying as much attention as I'd like to. Um, I thought it was good. I liked it. I really liked it. But for me, it was the weakest Toy Story movie. Now, that is my personal opinion. But I absolutely recommend you see it. Like, yeah, it was great. I, it, it's good, for sure. I, I want to watch it again before I draw that conclusion as far as, like, the ranking. I think sure. we talked about this... One of the last times we hung out, your ranking of the Toy Story movies is, wait, let me, is it one, three, two, four? It's really, really tough because I kind of see one, two, and three as like their own, as like a solid entity. They all support each other really well. Mm -hmm. And it's a great, it's one of the best examples of, of sequels that can be made. Like, I, I just, there, there's not many other franchises that can say, like, each movie is better than the last, in a way. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think um, ranking them my favorite to least favorite, um, and it's kind of tough for me to, like, sort out the nostalgia, but maybe that's actually what makes them great, in a way, too. Because, um, like, one, I just always feel like I'm reliving that bit of my childhood a little bit where there was nothing better than toy story almost you know mm-hmm. for sure and then toy story 2 came out and i was older but i was still like dang this is good so for me i'm gonna go ahead and say uh two three one four i think really? okay. yeah one is all the way in the third spot <sighs> like i said it's really hard for me to separate them yeah you know one it, there is that nostalgia obviously and then this kind of the dangerous thing with nostalgic stuff is like you remember what it was like your experience when you saw it or heard it or read it or whatever it was you know whatever form it is and you remember how you felt then so then you go back to it expecting to experience that same feeling yeah and oftentimes it doesn't happen it's like watching toy story one you're like this is cool, but like from today's, you know, 20, what, 20, almost 25 years yeah. later, you're like, this animation isn't that great. <laughs> you know, which sounds yeah. like, a, like, well, like heresy or, or, you know. It was just one of the things that's like an example of how far technology has progressed. I remember reading something about like when Toy Story 3 came out about the facial expressions that Woody had in Toy Story 1 he only has like 10 facial expressions 
and in Toy Story 2, it went up from like 10 to like 15 or 20. Somebody will look, can look this up and like verify the, the number if they really wanted to. And then in like Toy Story 3, though, it was basically unlimited. So they hit that point, that, that point tech, with technology where... Yeah. So like on the one hand, like I agree, it's kind of, you know, if, if I've just come off of watching Toy Story 3, I'm not going to go back and watch one because it'll look clunky yeah. a little bit. But in some ways, like, I think that was part of my problem with Toy Story 4 is it was all of their movements were so smooth and it was beautifully done, mm-hmm. but they're toys. Yeah. I thought the toys should still be a little more clunky and yeah, maybe it made sense to me that like Forky had really weird arm movement. Like he, I thought he was animated almost perfectly. I'm trash. Yeah. And yeah. like he, he couldn't bend his leg or his torso or whatever. He just, yeah. he just had to kind of like clunk along, hobble yeah. along. But I liked, you know, there was just, there was aspects that I liked that I, that, that I didn't like, I should say, I loved. I loved Keanu Reeves as Duke Kaboom, mm-hmm. like the Canadian evil Knievel, that he, I, I don't know. I'm not sure if Keanu Reeves can make a bad movie. Because even the bad <laughs> movies he makes, I still like. Everybody loves Keanu. I just, uh, have you ever seen Man of Tai Chi? No. It's on Netflix. It's not, it has Keanu Reeves in it. And I think he also maybe directed it. Something okay. he was involved in the production in some way. It's not, but the main character is this other kid, and Keanu Reeves is like, he's the villain in in the movie, kind of. Really? Yeah. And it's this weird kind of uh, like secret fighting thing that he does. And the movie's just honestly, if it was anybody but Keanu Reeves in that role, mm-hmm. I would be like, this is a terrible movie. Don't see it. But because it's Keanu, I'm like. I mean, I don't own it on DVD, but if I ever saw it at Walmart, I'd buy it. You're right. He was the director. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Keanu just, she just killed it as Duke Kaboom in, in Toy Story 4. Yeah. He did. just killed it. You really felt for him. I did. Almost like a redemption. Rijon. <laughs> I'll do it for you, Rijon. <laughs> yes, you, Canada. Yes, you, Canada. Uh, yeah, I liked it. I, I want to watch it again. Um, just, you know, without any distractions, just scrape right. it out and watch it. I was thinking I would buy it, but I, I have Disney Plus now, so I don't know if I need to buy it now. I bought it. You, you may want it maybe for the special features. That's true. Actually, I am. I've noticed in the last, since I've had kids, like I have a lot less time for special features. Mm. Yeah. But I used to love special features, like the, the making of and like their th- the thought going into different scenes and director's commentary is just out the window when you have kids pretty much no kidding it's a huge commitment to like sit through the director's commentary now yeah because it's like you have to like know the movie honestly i've never actually watched a director's commentary i've seen like clips from director's commentaries but it's like to me like i feel like i'd have to like really like a movie a lot dude i went i sat through the matrix the first matrix so just the matrix i guess I've watched the audio commentary with, I think it's the director and Carrie Moss. And then I've sat through all of the extended edition Lord of the Rings cast commentary. Like the one with uh, Liv, Liv Taylor and um, Marion Pippin. And uh, I forget who else was in it, but that was just great. Billy Boyd. Yeah, Billy Boyd and Dominic Mon again. Monahan. 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 Yeah, those were. Liv Tyler. Dang it, Liv Tyler. Steven Tyler, Liv Tyler. 
Well, I, I didn't know if she wanted separation and to like be her own person. I was just trying to respect just Taylor. Woman. Yeah, I mean, sure. Okay. I'm backpedaling like I'm running for president. Okay, quick hits. So give me a favorite book there, Nate. So my favorite book, all time, I've read it multiple times. I almost kind of read it like once every year or two, is The Stand by Stephen King. Um, so do you... Um, Nate, Nate's like my Stephen King guide a little bit here. Because I think I borrowed your copy one time and I read it. So when you read it every couple of year to a couple of years, do you always read the expanded edition? Because remind me of the history of that. Like, uh, Well, yes, that is the only version that you should read is the, the complete uncut version. Um, so, and it, so it clocks in at 1,153 pages. Um, so the original story, uh, the original version was like 700 and some pages, I believe. So he, he had to cut a lot of stuff out of it. I think it's because the publisher didn't think that it would sell with being that long. Sure. Or, or I think is that's the way the story goes or something. Because when he wrote the the initial one, was that was pretty early in his career, right? Yeah, it was actually, if you look, uh, it is um, the history, like the books that he wrote, I think it was like third or fourth book or something. Wow. Like it was like the great American novel. I mean... Um, so the, the original version was, was very popular. So that was released in like, I believe without looking at it, like the early eighties. Do you know, was it cause he, when he first started writing, he used a pseudonym, right? It wasn't Stephen King. It was like, uh, he wrote some books as, um, this one was written by him. He wrote some books as, uh, Richard Bachman. That's the, that's the name I was trying to think of. But uh, but this one was for sure was by him. Um, so early '80s or late '70s, early '80s, the original version came out. It was popular, very popular. So then in the early '90s, he he kind of put all the brought all the original material back, and then he kind of uh, tried to update the you know the setting a little bit, the the year that it takes place in, and so we got the whole 1153 page. So he. He Lucased it for Lucas Lucas. Well, because like I had, I was in the impression initially that it was just that he wanted it a certain way, and the the editors were like, "It's too long," and he was like, "All right, fine." And then as he got more famous, he was like, "All right, let's do the big boy." But he, I didn't realize he like spruced up some of the stuff in there. Yeah, like that's kind of cool. Yeah. I so like, like but it, if you read it, you there's there's some like what you call them like anachronisms or continuity stuff or whatever um where he kind of like it doesn't make sense because some of the stuff is still like this is from the 70s even though it's supposed to be taking place in the 90s like he references something that you know that would make sense if it was in the 70s but in the yeah. 90s you're like what? what and of course i can't think of anything um specific for that just have to read it for yourself don't just take my highly, word for yeah, it don't take my word for it um yeah so you actually recommended that that to me man years ago and i read it and that's and i of course read the recommended version mm. i can't call it unabridged because technically the first one wasn't abridged but when we call it the complete stand yeah. i guess um and that was good it was uh stephen king like is associated with horror a lot and this was not a horror book 
Right. It's not a horror film. Or maybe parts of it, you know. Well, sure. It was. It had some suspense elements to it, but it definitely was. Um, I think it falls. Does it fall into the category of urban fan of uh, of uh, urban fantasy? Because there's like some there's like some slight overtones of like mythological type things like you'd find in a fantasy mm-hmm. book. But it's like definitely, yeah, but it's definitely super grounded and urban and it's like post-apocalyptic urban fantasy, light urban fantasy. Sure. Jeez, that's a weird. Um, you know, there's definitely some supernatural elements. There you go. That's the word I was looking for. For sure. Supernatural elements, a big part of the big part of it. Broad strokes. It's a, you know, battle between good and evil. Yeah. But the, there's so many characters in it and, and, uh. Their stories, the things that they go through. Now, I've I've always kind of had an, un, and I'm sure a lot of people are like this, had a you know a somewhat unhealthy fascination with like the end of the world, post-apocalyptic stuff. I just kind of love how how epic the book is, and kind of how King makes it feel. I like the characters he's created, and and you find yourself, especially after re- you know reading it multiple times, you you pick up on different things, mm-hmm. you know, and that's with you know with anything any book, um, you know, you can identify with each of the characters. Um, some, some more than others, obviously, but you can find something in all of them that you can, that you can identify with. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's my favorite book of all time. Uh, let's go. So Josh's favorite, what, what's your favorite book? And that's, it's always hard for me to narrow that down. Half of the time, my favorite book is the one I'm reading, but the one that I find myself going back to a lot is The Count of Monte Cristo, and also... Is that by a guy named Dumbass? Yeah. So, that's, so the, reason I started, <laughs> the reason I started reading that book is literally because of the Shawshank Redemption. Yep, and that's where my also joke was Stephen from, King. guys. Yeah. Also, you know, based on Stephen King, so it's yep, kind of like Stephen a full King. circle. Um, so there's a scene in Shawshank Redemption, where, which is a movie where there are a bunch of guys in prison. And they're sorting books for the library. And this guy goes, oh, this can't be right. The Count of Monte Crisco by Alexander Dumbass. Hmm. And Tim Robbins' character goes, uh, it's pronounced Dumas. It's Dumas. Uh, it's about a prison break. You'd, you'd like it. And then he's like, well, shouldn't we file that under education? Yeah. Morgan, Morgan Freeman. Freeman. Should we file that under... <laughs> education yeah yeah so anyway (laughs) so after that for years and years and years was my favorite movie i wasn't sure that any movie could get any better and because of that like i I read the count of monte cristo and then when i read it i was like geez this is really good i mean it's it's also a huge huge book um how long is it oh man i don't know i think the copy i have i gotta say at least 1500 pages wow that's my guess and I could be a little off on that. It depends, too, a little bit uh, um, on your translation. Because it was, Alexander Dumas was French, and so he naturally wrote it in French, his native language. Um, the cool thing about that... It doesn't quite make sense to me, but okay, I'll, I'll, I'll believe you. Yeah, yeah just, you might have to say my word for it. Sure. Uh, but the cool thing about writing in French at that time is that, like, not a lot about the French language has changed. So it translates really well. Unlike some other works um, like uh, War and Peace, for example, or um, A Tale of Two Cities, they don't translate super well. They translate well enough and we make it work and they are you know, good reads, but the, f- the French language translates 
pretty smoothly most of the time. Um, Tale of Two Cities could be wrong. Was that by was in English, dude? right? Was it? Well, then there's no excuse Dickens? for the reason that right. was translated so poorly. Now, but I mean, English back then, geez, I mean, who knows? Who knows what the hell they're talking about? No kidding, half that stuff. <laughs> but yeah, I love that it's a you know the Count of Monte Cristo is starts out a young man who uh, unexpectedly has some new responsibilities on a ship, and he goes home to meet up with his fiance, the lovely Mercedes, and. Uh, because of somebody who was jealous of his station as a new um, tentative ship captain and jealous of his relationship with Mercedes, uh, frames him for treason, I believe. Uh, And he gets put into prison, and then it's about his escape, and he... The the short answer is that he takes revenge on, like, everybody who wronged him in, like, some really kind of cool and epic ways that's the short answer it is like it should read that you gotta remember that like it's an era where everybody carried a sword so there's always like kind of that threat of violence like you could get challenged to a duel and that was a thing but very rarely are they used so it's a very paced almost like political uh maneuverings but he just uh like he he just does everything so completely that you can't help but being be impressed um, like one of my favorite throwaway scenes from the book is he's having this dinner party with a bunch of people that he knew when he was younger and nobody recognizes him, of course, because, you know, literature, um, and they have this, uh, exotic fish for dinner and they were like, well, how did you like get it shipped here? Because this is in the days of like Bonaparte. So I can't remember the exact year time frame that it happens in, but you know, there's not any refrigeration or anything like that. So he goes, oh, well I had it shipped live. Like they put it in a giant tank and they shipped it and they were like, holy cow, that must've cost you a fortune. He goes, yeah, it did. And they're like, but what if it had died on the way here? Then what would you have served tonight? And he goes, oh, well come with me. And he takes them into another room and there's a second fish. So he ordered two of these things <laughs> just in case one of them died. Nice. Anyway, it's like a kind of weird throwaway thing, but <laughs> it's one of my favorite things to just show how uh, like prepared he was. It's a little bit like, it's a little bit like Batman. He has time to prepare. You can't beat him. Very methodical. Yeah. Planner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's one of my favorite books. And then the other one that I mentioned is Only Forward by Michael Marshall, Michael Marshall Smith. Uh, and that's a, a bizarre sci-fi psychological book. And that's all I have to say about that. I don't all know right. how to describe it. It's, it's, it's a really weird book. If you don't like weird books or you're uh, averse to a certain language, then I wouldn't recommend it. I remember you've, you've told me about that book before. Wasn't it somewhat, uh, somewhat rare or like the copy that you had or the yeah, printing so, uh, that you had was, I borrowed, uh, I borrowed the book, uh, from a guy I knew in college and, I ended up keeping his book for like four years, which is not usually my tendency. I usually, you know, use, use in return. Um, but I, so I ended up giving it back to him. And then when I did that, I was like, but now I want to read it. And so I ordered one from Amazon and I noticed that I could get the UK edition, which I did. And like nowadays they crack down on that a little tighter. So it's slightly harder. It's not like illegal or anything. It's just kind of like frowned upon a little bit. So yeah, for us in the United States, it's a little tricky to get a hold of a UK copy of that particular title. 
You still have it? Oh, yeah. Of course I do. Very cool. Yeah, so those are my favorites. All right. Um, so let's go. The next one was movies. Um, so my favorite. Is it a Stephen King movie? No. Oh, just checking. Now, so we're talking favorites. Now, you kind of bent the rules a little bit here, and you've done that, I guess, like, a couple times, you know, in, where you list, like, multiple things. Well. It, it's it's kind of difficult to put, to pick a favorite. I mean, how do you rank something number one? Yeah, right? It, you know. I, mean, I, I There's probably, like, it's like 1A through 1, you know, F, G, I don't know. Even if we broke it down by genre, I would still have a hard time, I think, saying that this one movie or book is my favorite sure you know there's like a cluster that 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 definitely make up my top three to five depending on what we're talking about right so movie so my favorite one not a stephen king movie um is interstellar why you would ask i would ask very simply space and dad tears huh all right no so, that's, that's valid uh it's a it's a Christopher Nolan movie, which Christopher Nolan is is a phenomenal filmmaker. Yeah, and I've always had a had a interest in like space travel and you know what real you know stuff like Apollo, moon landing, space shuttle, and then sci fi uh, fantasy type stuff too. It really does kind of bridge those a little bit. It's like based a little bit on theory, mm. but it's based on actual theory. Sure. As opposed to just like, I built Something the flux capacitor up. and we went back in time. Yeah, like you know. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's believable. Uh, yeah, and it kind of bridges, like you said, it bridges that kind of gap. Like with it, se- it, fe- it seems and feels like something that could happen in the near future. And so it's like he did a really good job set in the near future. You know, but they figured out interstellar travel. Yeah, or you know, they found a portal. I find myself believing this could get dangerous. Like I find myself believing any movie that Christopher Nolan puts out. I'm like, this seems plausible. Doesn't it like inception? Mm. Somehow that seems super plausible to me. Batman, super plausible Mm. interstellar, more plausible. A Dunkirk that actually happened. Wow. That one was probably the most implausible. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I actually haven't seen that one. Same. Uh, Heard it's really great. I just, didn't didn't get around to seeing it in the theater, which is you know one of the you know Nolan films always has lots of lots of complex sound, very grandiose, epic. Uh-huh. Um, you know, a lot of them are filmed or shown in IMAX theaters. So anyway, back to Interstellar, space travel. Um, it's about you know family, love, love conquering all beyond space and time, and you know it's. If you try and think about it too much, you know, it'll, a lot of it won't make sense or seem, might even seem kind of silly, but. It gets it, slippery if you try and. If you try and really nail it down, that's where, you know, that's where you kind of, you might kind of lose a little bit, but I mean, just to watch it and just to experience it. I mean, it's, I've watched it many times. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. I like breaking down film and, and kind of, you know, overanalyzing probably, but I also don't think every movie has to be like perfect people complain about plot holes but i don't think plot holes are plot holes usually usually when people say plot holes it's just like well did you really need to see this guy shaving and then brushing his teeth in the morning no we can skip over that that's not a plot hole that's skip the boring stuff Mm -hmm. so yeah interstellar was it was good i liked it 
Yeah, it's it, yeah. So I put it here as my favorite. It's it's definitely one of my favorites. Um, it, it's hard to pick a, an absolute favorite, but uh, you know, this time of my life, or you know, just is tops. I'd say. So what about you, Josh? My so this is, I I I can't help it, man. My top three because okay. that's just how it's got to be. But it is my top three. That's a lock. They've been my top three uh, section for many years and i don't really see that changing um is the star wars saga like is that, is that all of them you know it really is and you say star wars so that's that's like that's way more than one movie i know i know can you pick a single star wars movie as a favorite uh, if i had to i would probably say i should anger everybody right now and be like rise of skywalker mm-hmm. um <laughs> or uh last jedi uh honestly return of the jedi is probably my favorite okay it's got that nostalgia laid in there of course but as a kid i just loved all of the different like places he went that they went you know mm-hmm. you got you had the hoth you had the desert you had the forest you had ewoks you had 3po you had han even though there was so much going on, you didn't feel like you were being distracted. It was paced beautifully. Mm-hmm. And even I felt that like even as a kid. Um, but yeah, yeah, I kind of, you know, just like the Toy Story thing, I really lump all, the, all of them together. And I try and view all the movies as a whole. And we can rip into that later, I suppose. Um, but then my other ones are, uh, my, har- my other hard picks is uh, Casablanca. Uh, I haven't seen that. Well... I'm not surprised. I have that uh, now on Blu-ray, so if you'd like to borrow okay. it, you're welcome to. Borrow it. It's really, it's a classic, so it's, uh, it's a lot more paced. Yeah, one of the things that I remind people of, even if you watch it and you don't like it, I'm like, okay, but let me remind you, they made this movie in a week. Really? So that, that's, how they, that's how they did it in, in, in those days. They like, bam, 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 bam. You showed up, you knew your lines, you said your lines, you hit your marks, you were done. Because you were an actor and that was your job was to act. And so you needed that job and then you need to go to the next job. It wasn't like we're going to give you $600 billion to make this movie. And, you know, if it stretches out over five years and that's fine. You know, it was we got deadlines to keep. We got movies to crank out. Um, also, you know, there was no blockbuster. So you needed like that fresh stuff all the time. Sure. Um, but yeah, I just love Casablanca. I love the, the, the character development in that, in that story. I love that, uh, yeah, I don't even want to say too much. I don't want to spoil it for you. Okay. I just, uh, you know, have you ever heard the the phrase round up the usual, usual suspects? Yes. That's from Casablanca. I mean, I'm sure from the movie called the usual suspect. No, because Casablanca came first. (laughs) Uh, and then my other favorite movie is it's a wonderful life. I would agree with you. It's a Wonderful Life is a is a great yeah. classic film. I watch it every year, at least once. Usually it ends up being more like two or three times. I have it in black and white and colorized. Um and I love both of them. Now, did you have you seen is the one that you like the colorized one like the uh HD remaster like they showed that on TV last year and it was nuts. Like yeah. I saw part of it on at my dad's house and it was nuts how like just crisp and like like look like it was filmed yesterday i kind of doubt i have that one because i bought uh my black and white and color colorized one came in the same pack with like a bell um a christmas ornament that goes on my tree 
also Daddy, every year. Daddy, every time a bell rings, and boy, Clarence. Out of boy. Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy Stewart. Uh, yeah, no, that's those are, that's that's my favorite. I, like I watch it every year. I don't think I've seen that super remaster one. I'll have to find a copy. Might have of been that. a new thing just last year. It was on like NBC or something. You know? Well, then I guess I'm gonna own it three times then. Um, so speaking speaking of Christmas movies, Scrooge <laughs> is one of my all time favorite. Not just Christmas movies, but just all time favorite movies. Like. My again, my friend John at work, we talk about Scrooge a lot. You know, it's a movie I watched so many times when I was a kid. Bill Murray, of course, is great. What is it about that movie that keeps bringing you back? Because I know your your passion for this movie is incredible. It was. I think a lot of it is like the nostalgia, like when I watched it. Um, It's it's like a time capsule of the eighties. I mean, it's just yeah, true. And it, I mean, it's like a great story. It's feel good. I mean, you got Bill Murray, but it, you know, it's based on um, Christmas Carol. Yes, Christmas Carol. That's it. Thank you. Bill's visited uh-huh. by three spirits. Yeah, three spirits and all that. You know, a modern retelling of that. And you got Bill Murray because Bill Murray is Ebenezer Scrooge. Yep. Or the version of Ebenezer Scrooge in that movie. Yep. He's not Cross. called Ebenezer or yep. Scrooge. I don't think. Just the characters are just. There's so many great characters in there, and the actors are great. I mean, it's got Bobcat Goldthwait in it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, the spirits, the, the the spirits are awesome. Like, I, um, the music is great. I mean, there's there's a part at the beginning where they're showing, like, these, these fake... Uh, TV trailers for these fake TV shows. Yes, and they're just they're just nuts. Uh, that's I just... love I love it when movies do that when they they take the time to like create this fake yeah y- in universe thing yeah you know it's like oh, we're yeah, gonna ca- film this film this uh, show within this show or within you know so yeah. Carol Kane, Bill Murray, Karen Allen. Yeah, so, I mean they, it, that really was just Karen Allen's great. I mean she was in. Um, Indiana Jones. Oh yes. Brian Doyle Murray was in was in Scrooge, I believe. Yep. Yeah, he was. He played he played uh, Bill Murray's dad in the in the <laughs> Ghost Christmas Pack. I wanted a choo choo train. It's five pounds of veal. Yes. Oh man. <laughs> That's right. Um uh, uh also Paul Schaefer in that movie. You may recognize him from uh was he Letterman's music guy? Yeah. Yeah, he was a uh, street musician number four. That's right. I cheated. Yeah. I pulled it up on the on my phone yeah. here. Yeah, that's that's great. I mean, I I watched it so many times when I was a kid, and it it just you know it reminds me of my childhood. Christmas obviously is a Christmas movie. Uh, it's feel good, you know, kind of at the end. Spoiler, um, but I mean, you know, Christmas Carol. It's you Christmas know, Carol. Yeah. You know how it's going to end. You know, broad strokes. And then, of course, within this movie, they, there is also a Christmas Carol uh, live TV production that they're working on called... That's right. ...called Scrooge. <laughs> so... And, I forgot about that. Yeah. So it's just... It's a, it's a great, great movie. Um, definitely a Christmas movie. Um, I would also... Speaking of Christmas movies, I would consider, you know, Die Hard. Christmas movie. I'm pro Die Hard as a Christmas movie. 
I saw something today where someone said that if Die Hard is a Christmas movie, Christmas movie, then Lethal Weapon is a Christmas movie. Why? Now that I don't know, because I didn't read it. Oh, read the thread. I'll have to look for uh, that on Reddit. Did I mean was there in Lethal Weapon? Did part of it take place during Christmas? I thought that I recall. Did his what? Did his wife get killed at Christmas time? Killed at Christmas? I don't think so. That sounds like a, that sounds like a weak theory to me. <laughs> Like but definitely me. Die Hard, I would say. Oh, yeah. That and Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, yes. Because there's elves in it. Yep. Okay. I always thought you were going to go with, you know, it was when it was released, you know, they would release them. That's true. They were like Christmas releases, Christmas. weren't they? Like, I don't know if you did this, but I'm like my family, like we would go, like, we'd go visit my, go to my grandma's at Christmas time. I think for... At least the first two Lord of the Rings movies, we went and saw them during that Christmas vacation. It was kind of a thing that we did. And you went to like the the midnight releases for all of these. Um, I did not for Fellowship of the Ring. Um, I wanted to really bad, uh, but because of my age at that time, it was kind of at a period where I mean, I was like, I don't that know, have been what two thousand one, two was it? Yeah, I mean, it was late teens. You know, I was at least 15. I can't narrow it down any more than that. Um, but, it was, but it was like that tenuous time where, like, your parents are giving you freedom to do stuff, but you can't quite just do whatever you want. I mean, a midnight showing of a three-hour movie. That was a big deal. That would be a big deal. And so I got, um, I, and, I, and I couldn't get tickets because they were sold out. I was, like, so stoked for it. And, uh, but yeah, the Fellowship of the Ring and Return of the King, I both saw at midnight. What was the... Was it, you mean Two Towers and, and Return of the King you saw? Oh, did I say Fellowship? Yeah, Two Towers and Return of the King. I saw both of those. Did you see Fellowship midnight. in the theater? Just I saw Fellowship in the midnight. theater, but okay. it was just not at midnight. I saw it, uh, it, was, it had to have been like a daytime showing. And um, I was scrambling for tickets because I couldn't find them. And like you couldn't just, you couldn't just go on the internet and buy them. Mm. You had to go to the theater, go to the theater. and purchase them. So that's so old school. I know. I, I actually, I'm still that way. Like, I don't buy my tickets online. I go in and I pay for them there, and I always get weird looks, and they're like, "Why are you buying these tickets right here?" Yeah. I have to touch your money. <laughs> yeah, it's it's um, kind of hilarious. For some reason, I'm thinking of a is it a website called like Line Party? Is that? Yeah, so they called it uh, the the midnight showings were called line parties. Okay, that's yeah. And it was weird because when I told my fairy godmother about it, I was like, "Oh, I'm going to the line party," and she goes, "Say that again." And I said, "I'm going to the line party," and she was like, "Tell me more about this." But she like took this serious tone, and I was like, "Well, I'm going to see the fellowship. Uh, I'm going to see uh, the two towers at midnight." And she was like, "Oh, okay, that's great. Nope, do that, Josh. Have fun." And I was like, so later I was like, but why? Why are you asking? like you were doing lines? She thought it and was. it would become a party? Yeah. She thought the line party I was going to. I don't know why she thought this because I'm like notoriously the guy who doesn't do that stuff. But like, yeah, she thought I was going to like snort cocaine. And you were like not even 20 years old. Yeah. But on the upside, I'm happy that I had somebody who cared enough to ask me those questions. You know, okay. somebody cared about me that much. So that is true. That's so good. Excited. So you said fairy godmother. Yeah. Do I know this person? Mm, no. 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 I don't think you've met her. Okay. Uh, you've met her son though. 
Brian. Mm, okay. Shout out to Brian. Brian. You know, so many people, tangent time, so many people know this guy. That's true, they do. Like, if I could get him to support this podcast, then we'll have it made. Uh, so I, when I, so where I work, there was a, a another friend of mine, Jordan, you know, he started shortly after I did and turns out he knows Brian. Oh yeah. Because in totally different circles. He's a, Brian's like a made man. Yeah. If we had any like, sort of thing like that in Lincoln, uh, he, he's, he's definitely like, I, I don't yeah, know. He's the guy to know for sure. Yeah. Like, cause the totally different circles, like my friend Jordan's from Iowa originally. Came to Nebraska college age or after college. You met Brian at Best Buy. That's oh, yeah. That's where he met him from. I'm sure. So, it, yeah. And then I'm like, you know, they, we saw, I work downtown in, in uh, here in Lincoln um, in the Haymarket. And so if we go out to eat for lunch or something, you know, oftentimes we'll, it's not unusual to see Brian somewhere. Yeah. And like, I'll, I'll say something to Jordan. He's like, oh, yeah, everybody knows Brian. Yeah. It's a little more rare to see him downtown now because he doesn't work at the place he was now. He's doing, uh, he's going back to school for audio engineering. Mm, okay. Sorry, buddy. We're going to talk about your whole life. <laughs> so then when he was five. Did I tell you about the time when Brian? No, I'm just kidding. Um, okay. So we, all right. So we covered movies. So we've got, so the next thing we have here is video games. If you don't know Brian, what are you doing with your life? Right. Sorry. If you don't know Brian, you will. <laughs> eventually um so video games favorite video game and this again is a this is also one of those hard things to pick not for me okay not for you i know this is the one Um, exception sort of never mind i shouldn't have said that at all i'm gonna meta it out (laughs) so this so video game i mean i i enjoy playing video games Uh, i i played them you know when i was a kid um kind of for a while between like you know, preteen to about when I, until I was into college, I didn't play them as much. Um, then I got back into, you know, console gaming, PC gaming. Um, but what I'm picking for my favorite game, video game of all time, is Tecmo Super Bowl for, for Nintendo. Um, Nate's a renaissance man. I am. Josh can attest to the greatness of Tecmo Super Bowl. I certainly can. Uh, uh, if you uh, get yourself a good emulator and get that bad boy from the uh, Nintendo Entertainment System, because yep, I just uh, there's a healthy modding community with that. Well, there's people that they have tournaments like Tecmo Super Bowl tournaments, like at a, at a bar. Like there's one in Lincoln. It's really that happens. And uh, I would play. I just I'm gonna put this out here. I would play fantasy football based on a group of people playing Tecmo Super Bowl. That's a good idea. That just, I, I can't. Like just have like people like play the games and you draft a roster based on, based on what teams are going to play. Yeah, I would do it hundred percent. Now people have to play every single game or can we just sim so we can get the stats? Does the game let you sim games? Yeah. Does it? I couldn't remember if it you did just, or not. You just don't control any of the team. They just go. I would play. I would play. I would do both. I would love to play a a uh, fantasy football game based off of players playing Tecmo Super Bowl. And I would also. I think it would need to be separate. And I would also totally do one based off of sim games. Because like the computer just going. Yeah. Here's like the straight averages, and like here's the weird thing we did because. 
I mean, the Nintendo Entertainment System was a, was a beautiful machine and did a lot considering its 8-bit technology. But it's definitely not meant to handle that kind of weirdness. Mm. Yeah, you would have to I think you would have to separate that stuff because Yeah. Like if you're a human, if your human is playing these any of these teams, like your stats are going to be blown like way out of proportion. Like way out. You got like Barry Sanders, Bo Jackson, Jerry Rice. I mean, these guys are going to be like they're they would like win, like win you your fantasy league like single handedly. Takes the pass. Takes the pass. <laughs> oh no! Wait, was that that was, was a that hockey game? That was uh, no, that's uh, that was Blades of Steel. Yep. What, what did they say? No, was didn't they have a phrase in Tecmo Super Bowl? They did that was like that. Or was it just the, like theirs is more like you know the the repetitive like hut, sound effects? Hut, hut, yeah. hut, 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 hut. You could hut forever in that game yep. if I remember right. Yeah. So like what a lot of times what I would do is like I you know when I was younger and you didn't have an emulator where you could just pause it or right. save it, save the state. You just you leave it at like either a kickoff screen or the halftime, <laughs> or or you le- you pick a play and you leave it because then it just be like and you could turn the TV off and just go and you'd be like hut 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 hut. There's no play clock, nothing. So oh, man. Um, those are the days. And then so so uh, my reason for this is just not um, for one. It's it's great game just in general. It's really fun to play, um, and I have a lot of memories associated with it. Uh, I would, uh, my grandparents, when I was a kid, they, they, they bought like a sports set of the Nintendo Yeah, that had, I remember had those. like volleyball, like super spike volleyball, like world cup soccer, uh, Tecmo super bowl. And I think, uh, Roger Clemens baseball maybe. Yeah. Um, but my cousins and I would, uh, or the the boy cousins anyway. We we didn't let the girls play, or they didn't want to play. I don't know. We we would play that game like deep into the like late into the night. You know, Thanksgiving, Christmas when we were all together, and it was so. There's a lot of lot of nostalgia memories with that. But I mean, this is a game that you can that I can pick up and play now, just like I played back then. It's a great game. Yeah, it really is. I've played it. I'm not like like we've established. I'm not a really big sports guy, but like take my Super Bowl. I play that. My cousin Ryan, also not a sports guy, but he loved playing this game because it's just, yeah, you don't have to like football. Like you just figure out how it works and you're just like, hey. And you go. Be good. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Josh, your, your absolute undisputed number one video game is? The Metal Gear franchise. Um, and if I had to pick one, because I know you're going to ask, uh, if you haven't played the Metal Gear Solid games, in my opinion, Metal Gear Solid is what has uh, prompted me to buy like new consoles. So the only reason I have a PlayStation 3 was to play uh, Metal Gear 4 and then Metal Gear 5. Okay. And since the creative behind it is not working for the company anymore, I probably won't play. If they make another one, I probably won't play that next one. Like It's just too, it's too good. I got, I got hooked um, back in the old days. They would send out demo discs. Yeah, with magazines and sometimes you mm-hmm. can get them in other ways too so i had a friend who had a demo disc and it had the first very snippet section of metal gear solid for the original playstation and i played that disc until it died wow like i played it and played it and Ordered played it out. and played it and played it and played it and played it and finally my friend was like do you want to borrow the game and i was like dude you have the game 
And uh, yeah, so I uh, I got that and just played the heck out of it. So did you play? So I'm looking at the the all the different games in the Metal Gear franchise. Did you play the original like 1987? No. no. So I'm talking about the Metal Gear Solid game okay, specifically. So, solid. so there is a game called Metal Gear. There is a game called, and then there's Metal Gear Two, I think. There's also one called Snake's Revenge that actually doesn't count. Doesn't. No, it does not because it's not. It, it was made by like a completely separate company. They did completely crazy things, and like the canon of the game has been destroyed, um, completely. Okay. But so if I had to pick one though, I would probably say Metal Gear Solid Three. It's set in the '60s. It's got this really hokey James Bond theme song. Uh, like one of the lines from the sna- song is like, like I'll eat a python or something. It like because the subtitle is Snake Eater, mm. and the reason it's called Snake Eater is because in the game you actually have to catch food sometimes and eat it to sustain yourself, and you can catch and eat snakes. Huh. Um, and so like the promo for the game was just, I mean at the time of course now I'm like eh, it's a little cheesy, but at the time I thought it was just hilarious. So they were. Uh, you know, the franchise is Metal Gear Solid, and the game is Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. And so the ad was, how do you like your snake? Boiled? Fried? We prefer ours. Solid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, but it's just uh, the game and the story. The story is, it's, it's a little bit Nolan-esque. If they ever make a Metal Gear Solid movie, I hope Christopher Nolan makes it and directs it. Because... As bizarre as some of the stuff that goes on in that movie is, it felt grounded. Mm, Like, even though you have bosses that are doing ridiculous stuff and doing things that defy the laws of physics, like bouncing bullets. I mean, bullets, if they hit something, they do refract and there's like, you know, that's real. But like, I mean, like doing straight trigonometry or like you're playing pool to shoot around corners and stuff. That's not how bullets work. But in right. the game, there's one guy who that's it. That is how they work. Um, and then there's like other little quirks like that where, you know, it's just fun stuff. But it felt real-ish. Okay. I, you know, I have not played a lot of these games. I tried to kind of get into them. I just never really could get into. I just didn't give it enough of a chance, I don't think. But I do remember, I think I made it to first boss in Metal Gear. It would have been, I guess, Metal Gear's. I think it was Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid. You borrowed it from, I borrowed it from my friend, and then he went. Uh, at the time, he had to go to his dad's over the summer, and so I borrowed it for the summer, and then I think you borrowed it for a bit. Uh, That's when you have to switch the controller around, right? Yes, yeah, so there's a boss that uh, Psycho Mantis will, you know, uh, read your mind, and he'll take over your controller a little bit. So you know, the the big thing for the PlayStation was the DualShock controller that vibrated. And so he would like, and I now control you. And that's the weird thing. Like there's these weird wall breaking moments mm-hmm. uh, or fourth wall breaking moments. And so you, he would tell you, put your controller on the, on the floor. And so I did. And then he goes, and now I'll move it with my mind. And he just made it vibrate really hard. <laughs> um, and then if you wanted to like, he would prevent you from like using your gun or something like that. So you have to switch your controller port from controller port one to two. Cause there were no wireless controllers at that time. Mm. Uh, or he would read your mind, and by that he meant he would look at your memory card and look at look for other Konami games like Castlevania, and he would then tell you about like your progress in those games. And so, if you pulled out your memory card while he was doing that, 
then he would be like, ah, I see you're very cautious around traps. <laughs> That's a real, like, just unique thing to do with a game. It's just, it's, it's really creative, and it's just... Yeah. Yeah, just doing something that they don't expect or that, you know, people hadn't seen. I think what else really set it apart is that you could choose your own style of playing. Um, and it got more progressively choose your own style of playing as you went. So if you wanted to treat it like a run and gun, you could do that. Like you could run around and just kill everybody. Or you could sneak around and try not to not get seen, to not fire any any shots at all. And um, in the second game, they started tracking it. And then in the third game, it kind of reached what I would consider its peak where there's like consequences, not dire ones, but certain certain things are easier or tougher depending on like how many people you might have killed or if you tranked everybody and you know made them pass out and uh so it was really you know it was very creative i thought and now of course there's like a bunch of games that do that but kind of a pioneer yeah probably a trendsetter Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways because it didn't feel obvious either like a lot of games, they spell it out for you. I remember playing uh, Deus Ex the, the, on uh, PlayStation. Or maybe PlayStation that. 2. Uh, and it was very like, how you make your choices is your decision. If you kill everybody, it's up to you. Or sneak around and pick which weapon you want to use. And like they kind of spell it out for you. And in Metal Gear, it was just like, it was just like, okay, Snake, you have to get in there, and you—it's a one-man operation, so we couldn't even send you any weapons. You have to find what you can there, so go do it, and then you choose how you do it. You just do it. They just kind of throw you in it, like here you go. Yeah. Not as much like kind yeah. of spelling it out. And the voice acting in that in those games is just—it's some of my favorite. Yeah. Straight up. And that's a whole other thing we get into um, with video games is like. Uh, how a lot of them are like really like you're saying like uh, kind of spell it out for you or really like predictable or like on rails like you kind of just go from one spot to another and trigger yeah you know trigger a set piece or a cinematic event and then it really spells out everything for you with all these button tutorials or whatever and tells you how to you know hey it looks like you're kind of stuck here having a little bit of a problem why don't you try <laughs> this and i was talking about this with my friend john at work um Really interesting dude. He's got uh, one of the things he's really into is video games, and um, one of the franchises that he's that he that is he would probably say is his all-time favorite um, is Dark Souls. I don't know if you've heard of Dark Souls. I have. I haven't played it. Brutal. Like these games are not handholdy at all. Yeah. And I've I. I'm actually, I was like scared to play them from what I've heard about them. Because there's like no instructions on what you're supposed to be doing or like kind of, brutal yeah. like Mortal Kombat. Like there's no real like introduction necessarily. I mean, there might be like a, like, I guess you'd call like a tutorial, like combat thing. It's like a third person. You pick like a class, like are you a knight or a thief or a, you know, whatever. And, you know, and you fight monsters and other people kind of stuff and it's like you die a lot (laughs) and john would like and that's precisely why he likes this franchise so much is because it's so it's so frustrating and so difficult and so hard to figure out but he's like he's like once you finally figure it out you just kind of it's kind of like the fog clears and you see the game for what it is or you know what or what how you should be looking at it and then it's like, 
one of the best you know experiences you'll have playing a video game. So there's mul- you know there's multiple Dark Souls games. There's a there's also another game called Bloodborne and by the same company. And anyway, um, hmm. we can let John tell us about that later if he comes on here. Um, but the guy who created Metal Gear, Hideo Kojima. Hideo Kojima. So he actually he's no longer like you said he's not a part of the Metal Gear franchise anymore. But he made he's made some of his own games, or you know, with another other companies and the latest one that just came out is death stranding i don't know if you've heard anything i've about heard that. some weird stuff about that game i haven't looked into it much i haven't i haven't seen a lot about it i mean it's it's like got some star power in it though right it's got like norman reedus and mads mikkelsen yep and mm-hmm. i don't know see maybe one or two other a lot of memes yeah you know if you're carrying a baby around you know he's like a, a delivery guy or something and um does that make him a stork I don't know. Maybe. 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 Yeah. Um, I haven't looked into it too much. I've seen some of the reviews, like the initial kind of. Uh, that's how I get my news. I'm like super lazy sometimes, and so like if there's too much detail in the headline, then I won't read the article. Mm. Or if there's not enough, I don't know what. You know, nobody's got time is. for that. Yeah, nobody's got time for that. But it's like based on the titles of articles that I've read, <laughs> it's like it's kind of bizarre. Oh well, yeah, for sure. What little I've seen of it, I, I haven't actually seen any of the gameplay, but. Just kind of yeah, what I've heard. Strange. Rick and Morty did a did a Morty. a promo thing for it, where they're you know doing like a spoof of part of it. Um, so yeah, I think everybody's like doing like spoofs like yeah of of this game. I think it's an easy target because uh, like there's this. So when like uh, Hideo Kojima left Konami. Uh, there was like a lot of stuff going around about, Oh, like the best creative is left and that sort of thing. But you got to remember that creating a video game is not like a one man operation. It's a huge crew of people. And I think that with uh, Hideo, I think the rest of his people kind of helped rein him in just a little bit. So you get some of that flavor and bizarro stuff that comes out. Um, that's just, it's just weird, mm-hmm. but it works. Uh, in Metal Gear Solid 3, there's a guy who will attack you with bees. Huh. Uh, the, or you can also, uh, if you see like a beehive, I thought these like little subtle touches are genius, but you can't have a whole game with them where like there's a beehive. So you shoot the beehive, which falls and the bees then attack the guards that are around it, which chases them away. But like you can't do a whole game that way. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that would be really... That'd be really tough to do. Or you get old. Yeah, I get oh, wow. old really like, fast. What weird thing. Or like a guy who will hold bullets between his fingers as he makes a fist like they're brass knuckles. So when he punches you, they go off. <laughs> like, that's, it's kind of cool in like a super boss sort of way. Yeah. But it doesn't work to have a whole game where everybody does that and still expect to be taken seriously. Yeah, yeah like, uh, I haven't heard a lot about Death Stranding. I think some some reviews for it have been pretty have been good. Others are kind of middling, but you know, I don't again, I haven't read a lot about it. Uh but yeah, Kojima, that's like him. I think that's kind of what you're alluding to, like that's him. That's him. Unleashed, kind of make whatever yeah. exactly the game that he wants to make. When and, it's your company, like nobody can be like, "Well, I don't think we should do this" cuz he'd be like, well, "But why? You get out." I don't know if he's like that, you know, but yeah. Um, all right. So now our, our final, uh, quick hit, which hasn't really been that quick, I guess. So now moving on to music, favorite album, 
Mm. Uh, again, this is hard. This is a hard thing to just pick one, but I think, uh, again, another nostalgia one is um, that I pick that I picked for my favorite was Blues Travelers Four, and I got this. I got that when I was really young. It was, uh, and I got it on tape. Initially. Yeah, it was clear tape. You know, the cool clear plastic. Well, yeah, it had to be a cool tape. Yeah, it wasn't like one of those white plastic ones i guess i don't know if like those are probably like homemade <laughs> ones you'd get like give me a pack of like 30 30 white cassette tapes you could get them you could get them either way actually okay like when you bought your own cassettes you could get them in clear or the white or uh black like black. black i mean there's all kinds of stuff yeah so this one so um it was one of my first like non-christian or non-religious like or overtly religious i don't know the blues traveler I mean, things about religion a lot, or is... they do, but I've never heard them and been like, I had a spiritual moment. Yeah, I mean, so it's maybe not, you guys have. I don't know. It's not a stereotypical uh, in that they're not. Then I certainly don't present it that way. Anyway, I'm rambling. Um, so my first one of my first non-Christian albums, um, which was kind of a big deal for me. So and it, and it's a great album. Just there's look around's guitar solo is probably like my favorite part of the album. I guess you could say I have a thing for guitar solos. I mean, I don't know. Doesn't have a thing for guitar solos. I mean, without the guitar solo, would you still like Top Gun? I'm not sure you would. It's a good question. Should try it. Like just like mute it when the music's on, and see if I still want to watch the movie. I don't know. <laughs> Put like a harmonica solo in there instead, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or have someone like like making it with their with their mouth, like me. You know, like yep, that's the same. I like it. Um, Could be. Brian, I need you to do that for us. Yep. Brian's like a musical genius, as far as that. I'm concerned. So, um, but yeah, so that's I, I would pick that for my favorite, kind of the nostalgia, and it's just a great album. Josh, your favorite. So I actually do have a solitary answer for this one. Okay. No, no, like genre, nothing like that. So mine, also like you, it's kind of like that first musical foray where it's like your own choice, and that's the uh, Simon and Garfunkel live in Central Park like greatest hits cassette tape also mm. clear very good uh actually it was discarded somebody left it behind at the place we were working and i started listening to it because i just was bored and i was like oh, this is kind of cool and of course uh thought it was like super cool because they talk about uh they're up there performing and then they stop the show and they're like we just want to thank uh you know like the parks commissioner for letting us do this concert in central park and ed koch who was the mayor of new york uh, and we also, you know, a group of guys who doesn't get recognized for doing good deeds very often. The guys who are selling loose joints are giving <laughs> half of their proceeds to the, I forget where. And I was just like, you know, in my like very young You're teenage like, mind, I was like, ah, I'm such a naughty person. Like he said joints. Drugs. Drugs. He's, I think and he alcohols. I know. Like, this is my state of mind at the time. Though. I was like, I think he's talking about drugs. I'm, I can't actually imagine what else joints would be. <laughs> oh, man. That's I, great. I don't think I actually sounded like... I should talk to some people. I don't think I sounded like a character from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood when I was that age, but I could have. No. Meow, no. meow, 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 meow. Meow, 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 meow. Meow, 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 meow. So that's... Uh, I was actually looking up, trying to find like Henrietta something maybe, the name of the cat on Mister Rogers. Oh was... yeah, what is the name of the cat from Mister Rogers? I looked. I was looking this up earlier because I was trying to find the perfect GIF. GIF? Did you mean GIF? GIF. Biopic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so I was trying. We were we were going off on the off the rails in our uh, in our group chat at work, and we were making like super troopers jokes about like meow, like right meow. <laughs> and then I was like, I swear. Then I started thinking, oh, I'm like meow, meow 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 meow. So I'm like, that's got to be that's Mr. Rogers, and it's Henrietta. It was Henrietta it? Pussycat. Henrietta Pussycat. And I actually watched a clip of Henrietta talking to whoever the like one of the main female characters in Mr. Rogers. Sure. Uh, the human, like human, not a puppet. Yeah. But I'm like, and then I realized I'm like Henrietta sounds a lot like Mr. Rogers. It is just because it's Mr. Rogers. Yeah. It's Fred. Well, I so like other than other than the uh, the town of make believe. Which kind of doesn't count. Did you know that Mr. Rogers only had one other acting credit to his name besides being himself on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? No, I didn't know that. Yep. What's that? He, I forget the, I forget the name of his character, but he was um, in an episode, one episode of Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, oh. and he was the Reverend's mentor. And like, so the whole episode, the Reverend is running around trying to like build up the church so he can impress his mentor and then mm-hmm. when mr rogers shows up he's like the the reverend's name was timothy he's like oh timothy don't you know the church isn't about the building it's about the people and making sure that you're doing what you can to make sure that you know their needs are met i'm so proud of you timothy because you learned a lesson today i don't know something like that and it was fantastic because it was like he had a different name, but he was still Mr. Rogers. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that's like the perfect role for him. It was. Um, and that man, was... Dr. Quinn. Oh, yeah. You're what, did your wife watch that show? Is she? Dude, I watched that show. Okay. I watched, My kids watched that show. I watched that show. We have every season. I watched season. it back in the day. I remember I would watch it like when it was on like new episodes on yeah. TV. We own this like every season. Okay. How many seasons And the were movies. There? Six, maybe? Maybe seven. And then there's like three uh, like made for TV movies. Also, the village that they used was like an actual. Hist- okay, it wasn't an actual place, but they did set up buildings that only recently were burned down in some like crazy fire in the last really? couple of years. Yeah. Okay. So you used to be able to visit the the Doctor Quinn village. For those of you who don't know, Doctor Quinn was set in like the wild. <laughs> oh yeah, man! Like wild. You know what? Look it up on Reddit. Yep. <laughs> Or Wikipedia, or wherever. Yeah. Wherever you, you get your internet info from, I research. Just, I just, uh, it's a nice thing to have in your back pocket, because sometimes when people complain about, like, gender equality, I'm like, yeah, but what about Dr. Quinn? Medicine woman? She was doing a hell of a lot more than cooking and birthing babies. Mm-hmm. Her own babies, having, you know, having babies. Right. I mean, as a doctor, I'm sure she it's... delivered quite a few babies. So that show came out... nine late 80s early 90s yeah Yeah, you know so it's there's definitely some things in there that as you watch it you it's like a little dated but it's dated in like a vintage kind of classic way and it's it's really good so it kind of it touches a lot on uh issues at the times you know the the people in colorado springs in the wild west did not accept did not had a really hard time accepting a female doctor um, so, like, in the show, she's a medicine woman, a.k.a. a doctor, and there was only, like, a small handful of female doctors at that time. 
And they a lot of times they weren't considered real doctors because they had to go to a special school to get their doctorate, which actually is like rooted in the way things were. Mm. But they okay. do a lot to talk about like uh, how the Native Americans were treated um, and how like they don't blush away necessarily from showing that some Native American tribes were super savage and, and aggressive, but they kind of also took the side of them anyways. And we're like, like we kind of provoked them. And then there was other tribes where they were like super peaceful and they just wanted to like get along with people. Uh, so anyway, it's like a great family friendly show. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like thinking of that one. And then like her, um, uh... Love interest, boyfriend, husband. Joe Lando is the actor's name. He, Sully. His character, was he was a Native American, was he a Native American guy? or No, he's a white dude who served in the, so this is post-Civil War. Um, post so Malone. Gross. Uh, so he served in the Civil War. Uh, I don't think you find that out until like, well, anyway. Um so he as a show go as the show starts all you really know about him is that he lives like um an Indian Native American. Um and then you find out why as the show goes on and his character gets fleshed out. Mm. I think the it's I'm a sucker for character development. Maybe that's why like so like Metal Gear Solid you're developing the the characters a lot, all of them and it's kind of crazy. Um like the the villain even the villains that are like throwaway villains still have like development and you almost are like bummed that they're gone um and then dr quinn does a really great job of developing dr quinn's character developing the townspeople's character as they adjust to having a female doctor and that sort of thing and and then you find out about sully anyway it's great man i don't know how we got talking about dr quinn medicine woman but uh, Uh, so great so classic tv think of that show now the one I thought of immediately was Touched by an Angel. Oh, jeez. I used to watch that show. Those two kind of go hand in hand. Or uh, like, But Touched by an Angel is like really like... It was late 90s, right? Early aughts? The mm, mid, mid to late 90s, I think. Yeah. But that one was just like over the top. What was like... Uh, it was like they were trying to remake uh, Michael Landon's Highway to Heaven show. Did you ever watch that? Maybe when I was younger. Oh, I remember man. my dad watched it. Michael Landon with his like long hair and yeah. it, tight jeans. Mm-hmm. He was like an angel trying to work his way back up to heaven and do like missions for God or something. It was kind of a bizarre yeah. premise for a TV show. but Yeah, I don't remember yeah. a lot from Touched by an Angel. I just remember like, I can't even remember the name of the actor, the actress that was the main character. But yeah, I remember watching that show. I mean, that's also family-friendly. Yeah. Um, Roma Downey uh, as Monica, a.k.a. Yes. the angel. Yes. Roma Downey. Very, you know, very <sighs> Justin Timberlake was in that show. Toby Keith? Wow. Justin Timberlake was in there as a street performer. Good grief. Wow. I remember one episode I remember was... Uh, okay, I... I uh, the premise is kind of coming back to me a little bit. Like she would be, she's an angel, but she would be like undercover or something. I think like playing like a role. Like yeah, she could be like a cashier at a store or something. I think, and she like would that, or... she would kind of help people who had a problem. So yeah. like, I think like the one episode I remember is 
there was a dad it was like about spanking your kids Mm, and so this dad was like a huge disciplinarian and then like she kind of like talks to him and whatever and then at the end of the episode he like breaks the wooden spoon it's like symbolic that he's not gonna like spank his kid anymore and that's that's cool you know because it wasn't yeah it wasn't like spanking like we think of it it was you know he was like beating his kid with a spoon oh it was kind of crossing that line peterson style well football guy well Uh, also got in trouble for uh disciplining his children stuff um the episode i remember of touched by an angel was where like someone it was like a con man or somebody was was trying to con like a i don't know somebody at walgreens or something or a drugstore they like they do the thing where they they go up to the counter and you know they're gonna buy something and they like flash like they show them a, like a 20 dollar bill and so the cashier sees the 20 dollar bill but then they actually give them like a dollar bill Oh yeah, Palmer. So yeah, yeah. So they get you know, so they get all this change back, and they didn't actually use their you know their twenty. And I think you know the at the beginning the angel, like she saw whoever was doing that, and I'm sure later on she convinced them to change their ways or something. But it was very like wholesome. Yeah, kind of Mister Rogersy a little bit. Yeah, you know, you just uh, talk to people about what they're doing and hope that they make the right choice. Kind of a thing. It ended in 03, I guess. Oh, really? It was on for nine years, nine seasons. Dang, it was on that long? That is crazy. Another show doing good deeds, Quantum Leap. Uh, Scott Bakula. Yes. I wonder if that's still on Netflix. It was on there briefly, and I was like, Quantum Leap! And then I got distracted, and I didn't go back and watch it. So it's probably gone now. Love that show. Uh, Yeah, that was uh, that, and Star Trek Next Generation was like, those are Almost like appointment viewing for my dad and I. Yes. Watch those shows. MacGyver. Like that. Also, we yep. watch MacGyver. We're huge OG MacGyver fans. Like, my son loves those. My daughter's getting into them. We also own all of those on DVD. Always been a big MacGyver guy. Yep. I was. MacGyver, like, those were, like, my childhood shows. It was, like, MacGyver and Miami Vice, which I guess doesn't really fit, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> it's, like, MacGyver and uh, Quantum Leap. Both about doing good deeds and not really being violent. And then Miami Vice, where it's like cops who are killing people in every episode. Yep. But they're doing good things by getting rid of the bad people. Yeah, they were getting drugs off the streets. Seizing all the drug dealers' flashy cars and boats and stuff. Rolling up their suit jackets for no apparent... Well, it's Florida. That actually does make sense to me now. That would be a great Halloween costume. To do the Vice, the Miami Vice suits... Oh yeah, well, that was great. Are you? Is there a show you like right now that you're watching? You got a favorite? You know, people are at work around the water cooler and they're like talking about their show, and you're like, you know what show you gotta watch? Probably the most recent show that I watched, Stranger Things. You know, not earth shattering by any. That's all right. I've seen the first episode of the first season. <laughs> yes. Man, I you're know. Behind. I know. Stranger Things is great. I like that show. Um, I actually, I watched the first episode of Rick and Morty, the new one. Yeah. Oh, did you? I have not seen I that yet. I yard it, which for whatever reason, my TV, the guide, like DirecTV or whatever, labeled it because I'm like, oh, crap, I need to record the new season. 
so it recorded it's recorded a bunch of episodes and it labeled that one as like season one like episode four and i'm like oh it's a rerun last week i'm just like you know last friday i was like hey i'll watch it anyway and then i'm like i don't think i've seen this <laughs> it's probably just dan Harmon messing one. with you it could be because like season three i think i read they didn't announce when it was coming out or they did announce it but it was like on april fool's day so everybody thought they were joking and then they just did it and everybody's like what <laughs> yeah so there's that uh if you watched uh if you watched the mandalorian no oh man i don't have disney plus well we might have to remedy that <laughs> i think i mean i've heard it's i've heard good things you told me I it's I'm good biased because it's star wars but i think i would love it even if it wasn't though it was just its own thing. It was its own weird thing. I'd be like, this is kind of cool. I'm into it. I was talking with my, you know, um, John at work about TV shows to watch. And I was thinking, you know, maybe I should pick up a, you know, get like a HBO Go subscription or like a trial or I don't know, get it for like a month or obviously it would take a really long time to watch all the shows. But like there's that new Watchmen show. I do want to watch that. There's, you know, so, Game of Thrones, obviously. The Watchmen movie directed by Zack Snyder uh, was written by, like, one of the main writers on it was a guy named David Hayter. David Hayter is the voice actor of the main character from the Metal Gear Solid games. Yeah, he's become, like, in, in like, nerd culture, he's, like, a huge name because of that character. He doesn't do, like, basically any other voice work, though. But he did it because he needed the money. <laughs> he's like, I needed a job, so I did it. And it just kind of grew into this thing, and now I'm like... So what, he was like, he was a writer? Yeah. He did some voice work, and now he's mm-hmm. like known for both? Uh, he's probably more known for voicing Solid Snake than he is for like writing Watchmen. How many games did he... Did he? Uh... So he voiced Snake in Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid 2, Metal Gear Solid 3, Metal Gear Solid 4. And then for an inexplicable reason that actually is completely explicable, uh, they switched to Kiefer Sutherland. That's right. Which was just a mistake. They should have stuck with David. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kiefer. I love you. Well, 24. I like you. Well, you know, you're a good guy. It's, it's whatever. You're a guy. I don't hate you at all. Did you watch 24? I watched a little 24. That was intense. Like the little bit that I watched, I was like, this is intense. Yeah, I, that, that's the reason I think why... I... I tried to get into it at the time, so I started like you know they were multiple seasons into it, and I was like, I'll I'll try it out. Like, but I only made it through like three episodes, and I'm like, this is too intense. It's like all the bad things that can happen just keep happening, and this just keeps this is one day, right? That's the hard thing to get your head around. First three hours of the day, yeah, yeah. So I actually didn't watch much after that. I love the concept though. It, yeah it was just that was super cool i thought i just uh no I, I like i watched it i enjoyed i watched a little bit i enjoyed what i watched but i just couldn't keep going it was too much it was too intense i get weird about shows though like uh like the office i love the gags i love to watch clips from the show i love to watch memes but like i struggle to sit down and watch the show it makes me so uncomfortable mm. yep of like which is like the big draw of it for a lot of people but it's like i yeah i have a problem with that secondhand embarrassment like even if it's fake right just like like i'm at uh so i started watching it because i was like oh i should do that and i got to phyllis's wedding like i can't get past it 
I, I just can't I just can't keep watching it. I'm so embarrassed for Phyllis because of what Mike's doing at her wedding that I can't watch it. Kind of like, uh, did you watch Breaking Bad? Yeah, I almost finished it. So, so you probably would have seen the where uh, Skyler does the happy birthday thing. That was uncomfortable. To Ted, that was awful. She's like got that baby in there still. Yeah. Mr. President. Yeah, it was just oh. Yeah, that was. And I mean, just... I don't know. Didn't didn't Ted? You know, like like kind of force her to do, or like not force, but like he's like, come on, come on, Skylar, do that. Well, yeah, or it was yeah. something like she didn't really want to do it. That's a show that like that like man, parts of that show were hilarious, but I don't think they were supposed to be. Like maybe mark of a good you know, I get good showrunner, good writer. And like the funny Good stuff actors. was just out of the blue. And then you're like, that was terrible. I can't believe I laughed at that. I'll watch it again. <laughs> so uh, I watched the movie, the uh, El Camino. They did a movie? Yep. So it's like a continuation of Breaking Bad. Does it, does it go well? I haven't finished Breaking Bad yet, so. Like, is it well done or does it turn out well? Is it well done? I don't think a movie slash show about people making meth should probably end well i would be really disappointed i haven't so i haven't finished the show yet i think i've got like an episode and a half left okay so you're on the last season yeah i think i'll have to double check are the are like the the skinhead nazi guys in it uh, maybe i took a hiatus for a while um but like i will be really disappointed if it ends and it's like and they lived happily ever after like wait what <laughs> he's selling meth uh, you know, I don't know. We could, anything can happen, I guess. Yeah, you could. It could. So you should finish that. I really watch, should. You should watch El Camino. I, re- I really enjoyed El Camino. Camino. I mean, the show, I've, I went through the show twice. Oh, dang. Yeah. I don't know if I can do twice through that show. Um, I did it like, I actually got, which I, th- I think a lot of people did, like I got I got caught up on the show via Netflix. Mm-hmm. And then then I actually had to wait for like the last season. I could watch it so I was able to at least watch like the finale like as it happened yeah um and so and then I a couple years ago I watched I went through the series again and then they released you know they made the movie El Camino um they released it like what last month and I watched that it was good good stuff well let's see it's getting uh, it's getting late here this evening or as Johnny Five said it's early <laughs> Five is a lie. Um, so I suppose we should probably wrap this up for now. Um, I think we figured out that we can we could probably just sit here and and talk about whatever for however long. So I don't think that'll be a problem. Thanks for listening to us prattle on. Yes, thanks for listening. We uh, loyal listeners, Josh. Thanks for listening. Nate, thank you for listening. You're welcome. My pleasure. For now, I'm Nate. I'm Josh. We're signing off. Thank you so much for listening. You can find The Open Eclectic on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and MySpace. Want us to ramble on about something specific or have a comment on what you just heard? Send us an email at theopeneclectic at gmail.com. We now have a Ko-Fi if you feel like supporting the show. That's ko-fi.com slash theopeneclectic. Or support the show by leaving us a review. Thanks.
We hope you'll join us again next time on The Open Eclectic.